The Joe Rogan Experience. What? What, bitches? Are we here? Yeah. Brian Callen, ladies and gentlemen. The one Good to only. be here. Good to be here. Very excited. One of my favorite, favorite fucking human beings <laughs> to have ever walk the face of the planet. Thank you, sir. And he's here to join us at the fucking birth of the apocalypse as it's happening right before our eyes. Indeed. Build, your, build your canoes. What the fuck is going on, man? I'm building a canoe. I'm, I live in Venice, bro, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I gotta have a canoe on, on the top of my roof there. Uh, are you really thinking about getting something like that? I don't know. I don't know if a canoe is gonna save you, buddy. I think about all that stuff, by yeah, the way. You should. I'm always it's thinking real. about worst case scenarios. Well, you live by the water. When you live right. by Venice, you, you really must take into account that we, just like Japan, are on a fault line, That's right. and that shit could happen here. That's a fucking nine, dude. A, a nine. nine. A nine. We can't even wrap our heads around what that means. A uh, nine is well, so well, crazy. I saw a video, and I couldn't believe how long it lasted. Yeah, five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. Five minutes. That's ridiculous. Five minutes at nine. What, what people, if people don't know the Richter scale, how it works, every one point is 100% stronger than the point before it. Right. So a 7.2, 100% stronger than a 7.1. This was a nine. So crazy. This is the only, like, no human beings have ever, that are alive, have ever experienced that before. It was before. the biggest on rec in recorded history? No, not the biggest in recorded history, but the biggest that I think anybody that's alive has ever experienced. Yeah, and I believe it's the biggest Japan, it, I guess it's the, it's the fifth or sixth biggest earthquake in history, and it's big, the biggest one Japan's ever. I don't trust all the, what, happened, what are you doing with the volumes, buddy? Uh-huh. Can't hear me. What did you do? You just changed the volumes. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, what'd you do? I just turned down the headphone. You're just too high. You just no, I turned down the head. Shit. Hey, Joe, I turned down the headphone oh, volume because it's super loud in my headphones, and the only way I can uh, turn down my headphones <laughs> is if I turn down so everybody's headphones. Look at him. He's denying. Something's getting really No, all right. You got a little hey, tense hey, really hey, quick, hey, quickly. Did you notice how tense he got? I'm. I think I'm sure. I'm sure I think <laughs> I I'm shrooming right now. Your ears are I think you are too. Just keep it together, buddy. Everything's fine. Just don't freak out. All right. Don't freak out, Brian. Is that a bat? The most important thing to these things, just let it happen. That's it. Just go with it, buddy. By the way, have you shroomed lately? It's been a few months. I haven't shroomed in like eight years because the last time I shroomed, I violently was shitting and puking at the same time and tripping in the bathroom for like six hours. It was a horrible experience. So I've been kind of nervous to do it again. Ate them last night. Most beautiful thing in the whole entire world. Really? Like amazing. There was parts where I was with my friend where I was looking at them and like their faces you could just feel the the energy coming from their face like visually it was amazing how much four, were you on how much did you take only ate half an eighth and made it uh into a tea and did the tea process where you you boil it and mm -hmm. then and then you drink it and then you let let sit for like another whatever 30 minutes or whatever and then you ate those shrooms and it was awesome wow did so I, you I drink the tea you, and you chose. it was so clean did i ever tell you my shroom mm. my shrooms experience with the last time i did shrooms because I was never a seasoned drug addict. I was with Patty. Remember Patty? Sure. So I take mushrooms and I eat a lot of them because, man, I was like, let me see what these are like. Uh, cut to me. I took a four-hour shower and had I, I wept. I laughed. I reassessed my life. And then I saw, started seeing myself from the side. I just started seeing my profile. And I was sitting on a wall looking down at me, you know, my profile. And I was like, here's a couple problems. My legs are way too short for my torso. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm a coat hanger. I've always wanted to be a barrel-chested Samoan. I'm a, I'm a coat hanger from a long line of 
peasant and Irish stock who are used to oh. being persecuted, running, you know, knobby knees. The whole thing was a disaster. Genetics are not fair. No, man. You look at some fucking football players, some of those giant Goliath humans. You look yeah. at a guy like Czech Congo. Like when yeah. you're standing next to Czech Congo. Yeah. Genetics are not fair. They're I mean, there's fair. there's dudes that are born, like your friend that we were talking about in the kitchen, your friend, your doughy, small, yeah. effeminate friend. Yeah. That guy just got a roll of the dice. He looks like he looks like an overgrown baby. Just a roll of the <laughs> dice, man. He could have been Czech Congo. I know. Czech motherfucker. I know. I want, if I could be built like any, if I could have any jeans in me, I'd want Samoan jeans. Samoan, just big they're fucking. Just, they're just they can studs. take a punch too, man. Oh, Jesus Christ, Mark Hunt. He's a K1 champion. He's now in, he's fighting in the UFC now. He just won his last fight, and uh, he's famous for it. Dude's head kicking him, and he just fucking wobbles yeah. a little, and then straightens right back up. Well, he keeps coming. They, they did a thing on if you are. Samoan you are 55 times I believe this was the number and it was on 60 minutes and I believe they said you're if you're Samoan you are 55 times more likely to play in the NFL than any <laughs> white guy on the planet <laughs> they're so they're big. so fucking strong the Tongans the yeah. Maoris and the and the Dude. Samoans they're just on another level giant bones oh, like wrists like it's elbows great. and fast yeah like a lot of fast twitch muscle not this endurance muscle like remember this, like David the, Tua oh David yeah. Tua could have been like I knew, I knew he, his trainer dude he was so badass but for whatever reason never really totally got it together Lennox Lewis beat him and that took a lot of wind out of his yeah. sails because Lennox tagged him a couple times pretty hard. Well, I, I know the guy that trained uh, Tua for that fight, for the Lennox Lewis fight. I've actually worked out with him. And he said that the first time Tua had ever done, he'd never done a squat. And I believe, I don't want to misquote him, but I think he said he put 420 on his shoulders and he did a deep squat. He went all the way down to where his ass is touching his heels and came back up. And the trainer was like, who's a power lifter, was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. You've never squatted? He goes, no, man. And then by the end of it, he was like, you know, they had to attach two horses, two dead horses to a bar, you know? Dude, he's he's one of the scariest heavyweight boxers to come along in a long time. He wasn't able to beat the best guys. He never beat Lennox Lewis. But he could when he could put anybody to sleep. You ever see the fight when he fought uh, John Ruiz? No. He caught John. It's on YouTube. He caught John Ruiz. John Ruiz, early. by the way, is a very big man. Tough dude, yeah, too. Yeah. You know, he's a burly guy. I mean, yeah. didn't John Ruiz fight Holyfield like three fucking times? Think, yeah, yeah, I think he did. Didn't he? Yeah, he was, he was rough. David he... Tua put him to sleep, dude. Just jumped on him early. Hit him with those gigantic ham hocks fix. Yeah, he hit yeah. him with like a, he, he tagged him early and then just put him away. Put him completely to well, sleep. Well, you know, you wonder as more and more money ventures into MMA, a lot, some of those guys who are playing, some of those Herschel Walkers and, and, and Michael Vicks, they're going to start coming to MMA. Yeah, it's some of the guys who don't it. want to, they don't want to, you know, be playing for a team. They'd rather Well, first fight. of all, football is also, ironically, way more dangerous for you Crazy, right? than, than is any MMA uh, career. Even the, that's so funny that people dispute that, but everyone it's, looks at it in an emotional way. You don't look at it in a contact way. Look like, at Look, look at, at these look people at, are running at each other. And, and at 50 years old, take a look at their heads. Take yeah. Their, I mean, it's not even, it's not a little bit more dangerous. It's way more dangerous. Way more dangerous. Those way fucking more. poor guys. Like that kid, what is his name? Chris Henry, the kid that fell off the back of a pickup truck and died. You remember yeah, he was yeah, uh, yeah. chasing he was after like, his girlfriend? He was a wide receiver, yeah. 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 Really talented athlete, right? Yeah. Well, young kid. I, I think he was only like 25, yeah, 25 or 28. Yeah. I think he was 25. Anyway, he's fucking massive brain damage yeah. when they when did an autopsy on him. You know, the concussions that he's had right. since playing football. His, your I mean, brain was, actually shrinks and all kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, you, you, you get dementia. I mean, that's what Lou Gehrig's disease is all about. I mean, a, the, a lot of these guys are getting it. It's all 
fall from head impacts and just right. irreparable damage. They used to think, uh, they, they, yeah, because ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, um, they used to think was um, a function of toxin, a toxin. They had all different kinds of theories, but they're, they're starting to link, they, they think they're starting to link uh, some of the stuff to the ALS syndrome, whatever, to... Um, to uh, um, head injuries. Head. Yeah. yeah, there was a whole Brian Gumble special about it. It's scary stuff, man. People take that real lightly. You know, they take head trauma real lightly. It's, uh, well, we 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 don't. We're learning more and more, I guess now. And now, you know, that really raises a huge question, which is if if indeed you can start to prove that four concussions or three concussions cause brain damage, if that's the case, or and 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 the and if they're able to actually measure this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it it will put a real onus on the NFL to figure out a way to either change the rules or make helmets safer, but then you don't have football. Right. You know, so it really it kind of it does it raises. Well, isn't rugby probably safer because they don't wear helmets? They rugby, probably don't ch- I, smash each other. The yeah, same way. I went to I went to a rugby match recently, actually in the south of France with the, I think it was like the Basque team with the. the God, I'm attracted French, to you now, you international traveler. Yes. <laughs> I go to international <laughs> sports events. That's right. Well, well, I, I went to soccer well, in France. Well, well, let's see. I summer I summer in the south of France, of course. I play France, 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 France yes, and and. Uh, I, I wish I could speak that way. I, just, I want to be that, that, that really pretentious man. And, well, you uh, know, compared to a lot of people, what you just said was that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even mean I'm so I didn't You're talking about I, I didn't going to a that. soccer game in France. Like, yeah, yeah. what? Two things I don't no, need. No, uh, rug, rugby. Tight <laughs> shorts rugby and soccer games. Rugby. Okay, sorry. Uh, well, Rugby's two, one thing I noticed was that they're, the, they're just as, they're huge men. A lot of Samoans, uh, just huge dudes. Rugby players are studs, by the way, real men. you ever men. seen that thing that they do? That, that, scrum, that scrum. Dan- no, that dance they oh, do at the, the beginning. Oh, that's the haka dance. Yeah, the haka. That's the all, New Zealand. Holy shit, dude. That's the New Zealand All Blacks. It's my favorite thing. Did you see? You ever see the black and white one? There's a I've black and white one. I've seen every one of them. I've seen every one of them more than a dozen it's times. It's like an Adidas ad. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. Fuck, it's good. Have yeah. you ever seen that? No. If you if you go go if you're listening to this, go to do um, a haka dance, New Zealand All Blacks, and and there are so many of them. And take a look at that day. It's a war dance, and they've been doing it since the 1800s, uh, and they, it's carried on as a tradition. And they it's take it pretty seriously. Fucking dope. Yeah. You would think it's stupid. Like, no. what, what is this dumbass shit? I, I got a, a really good one you for know? you to see. This one dude freaks. He just he just literally just freaks. They they work themselves into a frenzy, man. Yeah, dude, it's a it's a fascinating thing to watch. It's fun. It's like it's real. You know what I mean? Like they, they're going crazy, but it's not like I don't feel like you're faking it. I feel like that's what they're thinking. That's in their heart, it right? Is. It's at part that of moment. Their, yeah, yeah. I believe them. And yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Burke, by the way, our dear friend Jimmy yeah. Burke from New York, got guy. in a fight. My friend got in a fight with a guy because he told the guy he looked like a combination of Rudolph Nureyev and. Uh, uh, he was this big guy walks out he goes he was drunk goes dude you look like Rudolf Nureyev and, and some other old actor and something like you know I don't know like Clark Gable or and the guy's like what? and he goes and then he comes back and he goes what'd you say I look like he goes Rudy Rudy because <laughs> because as he walked out he goes yeah Rudolf Nureyev he was a gay dancer gay dancer I think he died of AIDS but anyway the point is <laughs> and, and, and the guy goes what looks back and he comes back and he goes who'd you say I look like that's gay what he goes Rudy it's Rudy. Anyway, the guy takes his jacket. Goes, Let's go outside right now. So Jimmy goes out there, and and my buddy Jerry's with him. And he and he says to Jerry, he whispers, he goes, "Do everything I do." It's like January. He takes his shirt off. He's got no shirt on. It's freezing, and he starts doing the haka dance at the dude. But no. He, but he's not looking at the guy. And the guy starts to flip, and the bouncers are holding him back. And Jimmy never looked at him. Just did the haka dance, but made it really sexual. He did a sexual haka dance. <laughs> and, and he was like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." 
and he's not looking at him and flexing, basically posing. We have to explain guy. this guy, Jimmy Burke, for this story to really work. I know. You, this, it, it, no, you tell this about a normal person, you're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That yeah, doesn't yeah. even, I can't even make sense out of that, like that someone would Jimmy do that. Jimmy Burke is 50 years old. He's, he's, we call him the national treasure. He, <laughs> he's got a very long neck. He's got very red skin. He's got no eyebrows and very, very good. One of my favorite fucking Jimmy Burke lines ever. He goes, I ran into her accidentally. She thought I was stalking her. She goes, are you stalking me? I'm like, believe me, honey. If I, I, if I was stalking, you wouldn't have caught me. And I have stalked her. <laughs> <laughs> and I have stalked her. He's the greatest. That was a good He's Jimmy Burke impression, so by the way. fucking funny, that He's guy. He's the funniest, craziest. I had it for the impression at the beginning, but then I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be around him more. I need to see that guy. I'm going to be in New York well, this well, weekend. i got to well, get his he, number he, for me. Remind me. I will. Me. He's very, very, he's enthusiastic. <laughs> he really moves his mouth. And by the way, by the way, he's in very good shape. Very good you know, shape. You hold it, and you hold that mouth position. Yeah. You go very good shape. <laughs> and wait for you to react. You're like, kid, you know what he does? You know what he does? He makes children cry. They're babies. Oh, no. He goes. Hi. He loves kids. He's like, hi, the baby. Oh, and sure and enough, sure enough, irrational. not even babies. Like four year olds are like, <laughs> he's like, he, and, then, and then he looked at me one time. He went down to the baby, and I was playing. And he's going, oh yeah. Oh. Sure enough, I'm like, one, two, three. It takes three seconds. There like are that. people that he you turns meet me in this like life. This. He goes, I look like Skeletor. That's my problem. I look like a red Skeletor. And he looks at the mother and he goes, he goes I'm so sorry. And his face looks like it's plasticine. I'm like, sorry about he says that. If you know him, it doesn't make you uncomfortable. But if, God, if I didn't know him and there was a guy like that, I'd be like, what is this loose cannon? I can't predict what he might do. Yeah. He might do something nutty. Well, he did this. How about this? I'm saying this podcast. I hope he's listening. I, I literally, um, he, he, first of all, he, he, Rides his bike everywhere. He he's fifty. He owns a bicycle and a TV, and that's all he's and that's all he wants. He's that's like that's how he's always yeah. been. He's a monk. He's a true monk, and <laughs> and, uh, and he and he's in better shape than anybody in the world. He says, "Come downstairs. I'm on fifty seventh and uh, between eighth and ninth at my mother's apartment." He goes, "It's it's it's literally twelve at night." In New York City on like Christmas Eve, you know, or around Christmas, you know, where everybody's on the street, you know, it's everyone. And he goes, "Come downstairs. I have to show you something. Come down in five minutes. Click." I go, all right, this should be good. Throw on my coat. I go downstairs. I'm standing with the doorman outside, and I hear from a long, long way away, uh, um, um, uh, 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 tick deck the holes with balls of holly. <laughs> and he rides by me in a, in a, a down jacket, cowboy hat, and no pants. <laughs> and no pants. And he's riding. He's pumping with his ass in the air. And I see this, this dead baby bird, this, 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 this pet, what it looked like a, a, a large boy, just, you know, he's got a, he's hung, but he's, it's just the, no hair on, he's got little red hairs on it, it's a disaster, the whole thing's, a, and this white body, he's, he's neon white, neon, like Irish, like, the, the, like, like lost the pigment, like uh, Gollum, lost the pigment lottery, he gets in the sun, he starts smoking, literally, he's like a vampire, I swear to God, so he's got this incredible, and he just, and this woman goes, he's coming this way, he's coming this way, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Merry Christmas, Merry! And literally, I just see, he bikes by in his ass, and I see his two balls, his 50-year-old balls, just, just swinging like a pendulum outside. And she, a woman goes, he's coming this way, he's coming this way. He goes, Merry Christmas! She goes, she goes ah! And screams at him. And he goes, have a great time! Turns back around and drives back a block in New York City. Jesus Christ. He's a streaker, man. 
What is he doing for a living these days? He's still he personal trains training? people and he acts and you know he's uh, he does he Such does a funny guy. He's got really rich friends too who all want him around. So I'm like, please come come on the trip. It's a private jet. We'll take you anywhere. He's like, all right. <laughs> he, that's the thing about Jay. He heals. Very few people in the world, especially when they get to the next, can can do this. Can be like, dude, you want to go to uh, Tibet? Tibet? All right. Like like no plans. Nothing. 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 Big deal. And what does he do? Just call his clients. Hey, I'm not going to train you this week. Or not. Or, or not. not. He just goes to Tibet. It doesn't say anything to them. Yeah. And they show up at their appointments. Plus, his dad books no cruises, Jimmy so he goes all over the world for free. He's such an odd duck, man. I've always admired how how what a free spirit he is, but also like how like you always think like guys like that are gonna you know some point in time at least make an attempt. To appear to have their shit together. No, he, you know? he's, he's an amazing guy. And I'm going to tell you, the other thing he is, is he's truly made peace with like, with he's a true atheist, like a real atheist. Yeah. He's truly made peace with the fact that he is only here for a short period of time. And he's, he's dying to him is not something he's afraid of. He came down with tuberculosis, but they didn't know what it was because he had been exposed to it by his grandfather when he was three years old. Whoa. So he's, he starts going to the hospital and they, I, I get a call. My buddy says they're looking at, they think it's lung cancer or that disease that those 911 firemen get that where your lungs disintegrate from breathing all that stuff. Whoa. Either one, they're both fatal. So, and they're looking for it and they, they tell him, look, this is probably what it is. And I was with him when, shortly after he knew all that. You would never have known, and it's not denial. He said to me, he goes, he told me what the prognosis was. And I was like, Jesus, one of my best friends. I was like, this is the worst thing. And he said, I said, how do you feel? You seem so normal. He goes, Bri, first of all, if I'm going to die, I'm going to treat it like it's a comedy. And oh, by the way, my funeral better be a good time and you better make people laugh. Oh, and by the way, I've made peace with my life. I'm not afraid to die. And I saw that firsthand, which I thought was just, you know, he's just an amazing guy. He's got a good grip on things in a weird way. You yeah, know? he reads everything. He knows that. I mean, he knows so he's much. He's a very, very bright guy. Yeah. That's why it's it's so strange that guys like that almost always, in somehow or another, they, they fall into some at least semblance of normalcy. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't they're not fifty with an apartment and a TV and a bike. Right. You know, right. like you try to get your shit together. You yeah. try you run a house somewhere, yeah, yeah, we've got a house now. Yeah, you're looking to buy, but you know, we don't or, know what or, neighborhood. Or you're ambitious, which he, he, yeah, he never he never was. He's never yeah. been ambitious. And it's not like anything he's self conscious about either. No. Is this guy ticklish? Um, I don't know. I don't Let's know. find out, Brian. I don't know, Brian. You got some time this weekend? Hey, did you know. see what Gilbert Godfrey said uh, about Japan? <clears throat> yeah. What do you What do you guys think about that? Have you seen I, it? Well, let's read it. the quotes. Let's okay. read the quotes. Gilbert Godfrey's. Yeah, quotes. to me, it was like, all right, that's that's not even trying to be like uh, edgy or like I don't know what he's thinking. Like he's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but still, I don't even think that's not, even to me. Yeah, too soon. Well, what yeah. did you think? What did you think about was, what he said? I just <clears> thought. Definitely, does he realize how many people died? You know, how many kids died? How many fucking, you know, seriously, there's time where you should just not do anything. And there's Mm. definitely, I think, a time period, you know? Well, yeah. I don't, I don't try to say anything like that. You know, I, I mean, that's what I felt. I, I'm not fucking raising flags and protesting. I think that's anything, uh, that's fair to, to be. Con- I think we should all be more conscious of people's feelings. This is what Fifty yeah. Cent said. Fifty Cent said, uh, "Look, this is very serious, people. I had to evacuate all my hoes from L.A., Hawaii, and Japan." <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I, had, I had to do it, LOL. He gets points up until the LOL. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> first of all, because LOL, LOL, especially when you have the just the first letter capitalized and then the next one not, that looks really fucking stupid, dude. Oh. All right? That looks dumb. Either you're going with all caps 
or no caps with your LOLs. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, are you a girl? No. Then what's with the LOL? Okay. <laughs> Listen, that's for that's girls exactly. and retards. That's what LOLs for. Are right? you a girl? But the um the, the idea behind it, you know, that you just start immediately uh, making jokes about. All yeah. these poor fucking people that got hit. I think with the that's worst a defense mechanism. Disaster. I think a lot of men have that as a defense. I don't mechanism. have a problem with people making jokes about it. Why wait? You know, I don't. Have, I think what he said was hilarious. I had to evacuate all my hoes. I mean, come on, that's fucking funny. I mean, Fifty Cent's one was fine with me. What What did uh, Godfrey say? Okay, you, you had a much more Gilbert Godfrey. Let's see. Let's see what his tweet said. Gilbert Godfrey's tweets were. Uh, oh, they're not even showing them, man. Uh, they covered him up. Well, it's not in this one. What, what was one was like a lot of stories where they're not. One was kind of like, "Hey, my girlfriend broke up with me. Don't worry, another one will float by soon, or something like that." Yeah, I can't find them, unfortunately. I think sometimes when you're trying to be funny, sometimes things can go awry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's just a silly guy. Yeah, you know? he's a, he's a silly guy who. Who's funny and been doing? Yeah, but comedy. that's something you say to your friends, maybe. For a couple of I, I, I've hung with him a couple <clears> times, <throat> and I've laughed harder with that guy. We did a, an episode of CSI together, and we just had the most off-color fun in the world. But it well, was you also spirit. <clears throat> you also got to understand the mentality of the New York comedian, where New York comics are always Nothing trying secretly. to over-insult you to the point of being just completely outrageous. Like Jim Norton told a really funny story on Opie and Anthony about Louis C.K. and him hanging. Out in the in the village, and Louis C.K. just walks up to him and slaps his pizza onto the ground and says, "Your mother's a cunt," like out of nowhere. That's and 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 Jim Norton is laughing while he's telling this, and he's and he's like, "Oh, it was a juicy slice of pizza too." I was so mad. I, I'll <laughs> but read, it's like I'll read you the text that Will Sasso sends me because we have a relationship like that where he just we try to insult, he tries to like, insult each other the worst we can. He started calling me a mule. And just and he sends me the most outrageous texts. I can't even describe those. Those I relationships with friends like that are fun. Like people don't They're understand. So you try to get like Eddie Bravo and I do that shit to each other all the time. The, I gotta read one of them. I'll go ahead and get. But, it. but anyway, Gilbert Gottfried is in. You know, he's a comic. And when you're a comic, I mean, sometimes you write shit and you're writing shit really for people like you. And for fucking Gilbert, if he was at home and he was reading someone's Twitter. And he started saying all this shit about Japan. He would be laughing his fucking ass so off. Too. It doesn't mean that he's not a sensitive guy. It doesn't mean that he doesn't feel, you know, bad for all these people. It's just, it's also funny. Well, I called him one time. I was doing... Uh, yeah, but have you ever seen a little Asian girl cry? It's so adorable. <laughs> now, times that by millions. And the little Gilbert Goffrey's going over there. Yeah, bro. Listen, man. I, I Actually, don't think Gilbert, it's right Gilbert to say those like things. A, Gilbert looks but I think like an Asian child. It's funny to Gilbert. It's yeah. funny stuff. I mean, it's funny to me, too. Look, I feel terrible about what happened in Japan, but those are still good jokes. And, you know, he's, he's a Yeah, they're guy. good jokes, but not good jokes maybe to put on your Twitter well, and I wouldn't say them. No, listen, I wouldn't say them. I wouldn't say them for a bunch of reasons. Because I wouldn't want to say anything that would hurt anybody's feelings like that, especially someone who just randomly got caught. I don't care how funny the joke is. Yeah, I don't to think... I don't think I but don't that's... Think, yeah, I don't think Gilbert is the kind of guy who ever... He's not got no sacred cows. Yeah. To him, he's one, he's gonna he's gonna say the joke. And he's yeah. a good guy. He's not a bad guy. No. It's it's just that he's looking for the laugh. There's a laugh there, and he sees it. And as a comic, he just goes for it. And then you know people freak out and get upset about it. I'm sure he probably never expect. He's from the age of no internet. You know, he's from the age where you could say anything you wanted. So yeah, you know you, those exactly. guys you they develop that yeah. way. You forget how many people are not into what you're talking about. That's right. You know, and that's what it becomes. And, and that's okay. And yeah, it's it's okay. The pro the only problem was that he's 
a commercial artist as well. He does commercials, and that w that's what fucked him. They pulled him off of a, wow. a campaign because, oh, wow. you know, look, obviously this is a terrible tragedy, you know, and no one's no one's trying to make light of that. No, but can't you can't you both mourn for the people and laugh too? Well, well, is that possible? And I was going to say this is what I was going to say is is that you know. For the most part, I think in tragedy, that's exactly what you need. It, 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 the last thing somebody who's going through a tragedy needs is a bunch of other people acting really somber around that. Right, person. suppressing happiness and laughter. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not saying that you know you should be happy that that happened. Of course not. But shouldn't you know? Shouldn't we try to be the happiest we can at all times? It, always. Absolutely. But I, and I think there's always room for humor, and and it does take <clears> some of the sting out of it. If you, I, that's it's very soon. But think about how a lot of times you do deal with with things you start marking when you're actually over something by how how easily you can make fun of it yeah and how easily you can take those so sometimes you're pushing that too quickly obviously and i think there is a time to to reflect and be sacred personally some, i think but you know i agree but know. there's something to people about making a joke about a situation as to not being able to feel for the people that 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 are in that situation and it's not it's just that god it's so far removed yeah. you know it's way over there that he just even think about it he right. just says the joke right i don't think i mean i would never do it and i know you would never do it no. but he's just a comic man that's yeah. what they and a do good, and a good one and he's a, a comic that's like known for saying like the most offensive yeah, shit like one, time, one time one time i was doing i do every year i do the uh, uh doris roberts uh, children with aids benefit so we do stand-up kevin james does it sometimes it's a good time sarah silverman and we get up and we do you know 20 minutes and in, in this big thing and i called gilbert to see if he wanted to do it and gilbert <sighs> gilbert but gilbert's a great you know and i know him and he's and he but he just kept going fuck the children and i go no but listen <laughs> This is a benefit for Israel. Fuck the children! I'm not doing it. And he, he wouldn't stop saying that until I fucking finally had to hang. I was like, oh fuck it. So you could, he seems like when he's on but Howard he's, Stern that he he very rarely has a real conversation. Right. He, but he's, because what he if lives this, what, to be funny. He's what if the same silly. shit happened in California though? Listen, and you're, you're right. And, you're and, right. And, and then he did a joke about you're California. Right. And we lost half our you're friends. Right. You're right. Look, you're right. Get, you're you're gonna, gonna, gonna get. You're gonna be totally different. No, no, no. You're right. But Brian, there are guys in Japan and in England everywhere else that would be saying it. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. the, 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 I, I agree with you that it would hurt. Yeah. But I don't agree with you that he shouldn't be able to say it. No, you should say it, but you should put on your Twitter and openly almost brag like, look, I'm being fucking edgy. Uh, I think he made You know, you're pushing it in your face, like I, almost I, I like think, I think Gilbert just Fuck made that. he miscalculated and made an error in judgment. That's what twice he did it twice or three times. He did three different tweets. He did a bunch of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. He took them down, unfortunately. I, I don't think it's the most They're on TMZ. If anyone's looking for them, they're on TMZ's website, I think the second or third page. Okay. I mean, you know. I, I like Gilbert, and I don't think he means what he says, and I think he was just being a comic. Yeah. And probably just pushed the envelope a little. Oh, we're apologists. So let me read. Yeah, he's read, really good on Jay Leno. Uh, here's, here's what Will Sasso wrote to me. This is literally, like, I just, I'm just doing mine in my own business, <clears throat> and I get this text from him, and this is our relationship. And to, speaking of, of kind of being able to joke around, he goes, you're a fucking meat pod. I go, I go what? What's a meat pod? He goes, ah, fucking anthropod made of meat. You're a fucking you're an all, you're a fucking all fours walking meat puppet. Hey meaty meaty mule, ready to hang your slack face drool much <laughs> down while you I can't even while you mosey around on all fours, turn the muley <laughs> go round. Hey mule, get over here and lick these mites out of my ass. You guys sound like you're queer for each other. Yeah. Let me read these Gilbert Godfrey Japan things. Sorry. You're like a little child over there. <clears throat> Here's one. Japan is really advanced. They don't go to the beach. The beach comes to them. 
I just split up with my girlfriend, but like the Japanese say, there'll be another one floating by any minute now. Wow. That one's fucked up. You know, but whatever, man. You know, if you're going to want these guys to say fucked up shit about other things, you're going to accept it when it's something that, you know, that either is close to home or hurts your feelings or yeah. or you feel and I feel bad. I absolutely feel bad for the people that had to, if they had to hear those jokes and they lost someone over there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's terrible. But you know, fuck, is it worse? The joke, does the joke actually make the idea of, I mean, how could you hurt anybody worse than losing a loved one? There right. is nothing worse. Yeah, the joke is not right. going to make it worse. Especially, you know, I was thinking about that, just to have the, the, your children, whatever, just washed away. Fuck, just man. washed Dude, away. Dude, I watched some of those videos. Them. It's so terrible. Some of those videos, there's uh, the initial video where it breaks the wall, and you see these boats come over the top of this wall, the seawall, and start smashing through houses. And it's like, whoa, man. Like, that is. It's unbelievable. It's such heavy duty fury. And then you realize how much fucking water is there out there? It's an ocean. God and damn it. Why would you live so close to the ocean? You know, like I was in Malibu this weekend. We went to the, there's a place called Malibu Seafood, real nice place for, uh, you know, like they, it's, it's like a good little fresh seafood place in Malibu. And as we were driving, I was looking at all these houses that are like right on the beach and they're ridiculously expensive. You know, for a little tiny ass house, it would be like five, six million bucks. Yeah. Like they're really expensive. You're talking about in, in Malibu or? Yeah, in Malibu. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're on the beach. Right. Like, what kind of trust do you fuckers have? I don't. You got trust that that shit's going to stay there? Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I ever was in a car high. Eddie Bravo was driving, and we were in Redondo Beach. And we were going over this edge of this hill. And I look off to the left-hand side, and I see the ocean. And it was the first time it ever occurred to me how much fucking water that is. It's yeah. crazy. Just sitting right there. Yeah. What we saw, the Jap Japanese thing, was just a little... Uh, uh. It was just like it moved in its sleep, like the ocean did, did you just How wiggled. amazing was those videos, by the way? Like Incredible. Just houses just, start, just I mean, just Incredible, but it in makes you really realize also, what could happen if, say, there was a like a, an asteroid impact or, you know, the Canary wow. Islands. The, the East Coast has to worry about the Canary Islands because apparently there's a, a volcanic shelf that if it drops off, and it will, and it has in the past, drops off into the ocean, it will cause a fucking tidal wave that will drown everyone a mile in on the East Coast. The whole Northeast Coast is just gonna get fucking slammed with this insane amount of water. You know what's weird is that I, when, when I watched that, that wave come through, I, was, I thought you know, the houses could withstand it, sort of. I mean, they just go underwater. Fuck, dude, you know what I mean? No way. But, but instead it got all just up even like telephone poles got up the mass of that water is something i it's don't also think pushing can, debris with yeah, it isn't it it's exactly. also pushing yes. it's like a huge like like the thing like the blob mm -hmm. or whatever that, that you know, right 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 yeah you yeah just get absorbed absorbs everything. everything yeah yeah it's it's i mean it's got fucking cars in cars. it and, yeah it's like a huge like uh, a meat mush of stuff just and there's so much energy behind it i mean didn't they say that the tsunami wave was traveling something like 500 miles an well, hour i think when when once they get an earthquake on the sh on the bo bottom of the ocean the ripple effect can be as fast as 600 miles an hour oh, God. so they, i guess it's yeah they, uh, tsunamis i guess start underwater that that fast like fuck man it's just energy i guess they said it created a a, a breach that was or i don't know what the, the word they used to describe it but it's 50 miles wide and 270 miles long. That's how, how much moved on the, the bottom of the Earth's surface. Crazy. That's like those rogue waves when you're on a cruise. Oh, I've seen those. Sometimes Fuck a cruise ship, dude. Fuck that. Fuck that. I hated when I was on a cruise Legion ship. Dude, that scares the shit out Not of me. Not only that, here's what I think about on cruises. 
What a perfect way for a maniac to randomly kill people. Just throw gonna, people oh, off yeah. the boat. I'm just going to yeah. chuck you off the boat. What, do you think you, they don't? I've been on cruises oh, at 12 at night. Nobody's on that deck and nobody's oh, stopping the boat. It, they don't. Have, what, what do you mean? Yeah, what's that shit called? <laughs> what's that shit called where they they say that people on boats sometimes like gaze out into the ocean and just jump off for some reason? Like there's really? like a term for it. Like suicide? No, 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 no. They call it like oceans. Uh, dream or something like that. Like, they get tranced Sirens by call, it. Like, really? Yeah, and it's probably, I always thought like it probably doesn't exist, that condition. is just people getting murdered. And well, then they're just yeah. like, well, it's another also, ocean it's also, it's mermaid also kiss. Odysseus, yeah. Odysseus. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> remember, remember in the Odyssey, though, when the Odyssey, when Odysseus tells the sailors not to look at the sirens or not to he- listen to the sirens because if you listen to them, you'll jump in the water and try to, you'll, you'll try to yeah. follow them and then you, you drown. Yeah. And a lot of the men didn't cover up, cover up their ears. Yeah, it was the sirens. Drop- and isn't there a Celtic myth? about something like that as well um, what was that oh uh, brother where art thou when yeah, the, the women it. in the water are they sirens is that what Those they were mermaids aren't they no they were like they were like temptresses I love that movie that was a great movie. Comes, comes from the Coen Brothers are the best, uh, man. I forgive them even for movies that end with no ending. Yeah. Because they're just I loved when they just do weird shit. They just take chances. Remember Barney Barton Fink? Yeah, it was such yeah. a great movie with John John Goodman and John Turturro. Dude, Fargo, man, still Phenomenal. holds up. Go back and watch Raising that. Arizona. Oh, yeah. Elf. What the fuck, bro? Elf is good. I watched that last night. That doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, um, I've never seen Elf. I can't can't comment on it. I haven't Will Ferrell's hilarious. You know what I did see? I went to see Red Riding Hood because of I'm um, a fucking completely fixated on I'm werewolves. Friends with, uh, I'm friends with the director. Ooh. Of Red Riding Hood? Really? Really? You're friends with the chick who directed Twilight? Yeah. Are you wearing a tampon? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm good Man, friends with her. Fuck, I did a bro. movie with her, husband, with her boyfriend, what? Uh, Jamie. So. <laughs> we play cricket Did you guys together. talk Twilight and did you, we, did you ask her serious questions totally. and pretend you enjoyed the movie? Okay, now, um, do you think that they really love each other or... <laughs> Because for me, like I felt that, but I just—he's a vampire. Did, they please can never be tell together. me, please tell me that you got an, an insincere conversation with the woman who was the director of Twilight about how great the movie was. No, we actually ended up playing running charades. <laughs> please tell me no, no. that you. No, I wish I had. She's cool, man. She's really. Cool. I, did, I actually watched the first Twilight and I didn't have a problem with it. I was yeah, like, I well, it. it's not a bad movie, yeah. but there's been way worse movies. It's it's not for me. It's not my generation. It's for children. What do you think of Red? He liked the I books saw the better. second one. The, the books are amazing. <laughs> Try live the book. But anyway, go on, Joe. I got to uh the, I think it was the second one. I was like, all right, this is getting fucking dumb. Yeah. This they this dropped yeah. off substantially. The first, one was, one. first one was pretty decent. She did a good job of capturing that teenage angst, that yeah. ached, that achy love. Yeah, it's like, like an achy love sort of horror movie. It was kinda like achy love, but more exciting than the usual whiny bullshit. I fell in love with her too. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. I don't know what it is about her, but I just wanted to You know, she's my friend John's daughter. Really? Yeah, John Stewart was uh, the uh, the I guess I don't know his actual position, assistant director I guess on uh, Fear Factor. Oh, he was wow. the guy who organized everything on yeah. the set. He's great, super pro. He's one of these guys talks like this. We got you over there, buddy. Have a seat. We'll be get you in five. Get you in five. Just always on the ball. You know, juggles the whole set yeah. like a fucking champion. Like we had a bunch of people that did that job and they all stumbled and fucked up and people. It's just too much work. Yeah, yeah. But this guy's like an old pro. He's been around forever. And he was telling me about his daughter doing some movie with Jodie Foster. I'm like, yo, why are you letting your daughter act? Man? I know. That's like, how what's I... that about? And then meanwhile, listen to me. I mean, his daughter now is like one of the most famous actresses in the 
fucking world. Yeah, and, you know, she's, she's probably so, made so enough money to pretty. retire for the rest of her life. She's making a lot of money. She's so pretty. Something about her I just find so... Like, she doesn't try. She's just... She doesn't really even wear makeup. She just she just is... Just so you know, there's so much to be said for people who can just be present and not not try to do anything and not try to be... Yeah, well, let me... Before we start in, in, in any conversation about a girl, I have to tell you that you know that you are always attracted to girls that look like they may cry. <laughs> That's you. You are really? you are the guy who comes over oh, sure and the girl am. is standing That's out the in, in the rain. That's the greatest. And you and she looks like she's gonna cry and you're like, hey, look what I found. I project. found a project. Ah! <laughs> looks like I'm gonna save you. Let me get in my horse and ride over there and save you, Danzel. Yeah, you that's, love that. That's the best. That's the funniest and best way to describe. That's you, what buddy. I like. You and I have talked about I, this many most, times. But you've never said. I've had to, I had to rescue funny. you a few times. Yeah, you have. I had to. <laughs> and I, I ignore. I actively ignored you a couple of times, which almost cost uh, me my house. Couple of times and a lot of money. There was one time where I ran into Brian, and um, Brian and I were in Hollywood, and he said, "Oh, I'm gonna bring this girl by that I'm dating. I would love you to see her." And I, I, I meet. She goes, "Hi, nice to meet you." And I shake her hand. And I look at him. I go, "Come here for a second. And I go, <laughs> "I take him outside. I go, "Listen to me." I go, "She's, she's crazy. Fucking crazy. She's fucking crazy." I have like the most ridiculous, crazy radar. And when when someone's when there's something really wrong with someone, my body goes on red alert. Well, guess what? She was on meth yeah. when she met you. Yeah, meanwhile. Which I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know what the hell meant. I knew. I just thought she, was, just thought she had energy and she Bitch was, was squirrely as fuck. As soon as she, she was... came over, dude, she was so off the charts, bizarre and shaky and weird. Really? And she's, she's just saying hello to me. I pull him aside. All she said is hello, nice to meet you. And then I go, whoa. Come here for a second. And I take him outside and I go, she's fucking crazy. Go listen to me. Let's get out of here right now. Let's get out of here right fucking now. Just, you don't have to say goodbye to her. Just call her, tell her you're never going to hang out with her again. Anyway, the long end of the story is chaos. All sorts of things happen. He breaks up with her. And then many, many years later, how many years later was it that you saw her walking? Uh, Tell the story. Walking on the street? About a year. Tell the story. Keep it kind of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's. We're on the but, DL. We never yeah. name any names. Yeah, I know. No, it's just... You dated it, 100 no, methods. <laughs> That's true. It could have been I any mean, one of them. It used to be my thing. Uh, nothing really good comes out of that whole that whole drug, man. If yeah. nobody ever said, hey, I did meth and then everything worked out. Yeah, there's these no problems. meth advocates. I had these problems and I did some meth and everything just... I got a new house and my body looks great. <laughs> you know what looks I kept tricky, all my teeth. though? What's tricky is that Adderall stuff, which is kind of like a, a speed, right? right? I mean, isn't it's it a cocaine. form of speed? It's cocaine. Is it's, it? It's just cocaine. That's Synthetic what cocaine it is. Is it? Probably. It's what it felt, feels like to me. When I, when I did it, it just felt like I was on cocaine. Well, that's probably because most of the cocaine you got was cut. With you know, Adderall? With speed. With speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like a speed. Yeah, yeah. It's speedy. Yeah, because um, the late, great Robert Schimmel, God bless him, rest his soul, and all that good stuff, great guy. He, he told me once, <laughs> I ran into him just randomly, and he told me about accidentally taking someone's Adderall. He thought it was something else. He thought it was like his blood pills. You know, he, he had a heart attack. Right. And he thought it was, uh, and he had cancer. You know, he, was, uh, he had a lot of fucking serious health problems. Oh, really? Makes, makes Maybe he didn't have a heart attack. Maybe he just had cancer. Right. Anyway, he had some serious health problems. Yeah. And he, um, he uh, took this Adderall by mistake. And he called his doctor. He was like, holy shit, I think I took Adderall by mistake. What do I do? He said, you can't do anything. Just kick back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. It's going to be with you for the next 12 hours, but you're going to be fine. Wow. He goes, for 12 hours, I just organized all my notes. He goes, I just started writing. He goes, I got so much shit done. Is that what you take it for, to be more clear? Or yeah, some people yeah, take it. Like, in it like um, ADD people usually take it. Yeah, a buddy of mine's on it. He's on it all day. He's, you know him, too. We'll talk about it off the air. But he's on it uh, all day. 
he's he takes it all day, every yeah. day. He's prescribed by a doctor. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know what specifically they said he needed it for, but man, he's a fucking workaholic now. It's like that fucking movie that's coming out with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. You know, Limitless. Where, yeah. Limitless, where yeah. you take a pill and all of a sudden this pill makes you like super focused. Yeah. And... I'm sure they're gonna come up with stuff. That's Adderall, sure. bro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fucking people on Adderall. I didn't even. I found out about Adderall when I was on Fear Factor because there was uh, PAs, you know, production assistants, and the production assistants. Um, were all uh, like college kids, you know. They were all like doing it, like a lot of them were. Mm -hmm. You know, they're doing it for, uh, you know, just getting out of school, first gig, and they're doing it, you know, as a part of their classes. Um, and uh, they would start talking about how they would take Adderall while they're in school. So I was like, you know, kids are taking Adderall. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh my god, I can't even go to school without Adderall. I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? That's what I thought was interesting about. Did you see that documentary, Bigger, Faster, Stronger? Yes. And, and, you know, you, you, people say, well, you're taking steroids and, and then there'll be gene doping and all kinds of things. And pretty soon they'll have nanotechnology that kind of oxygenates your blood. And, but, 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 but they said, you know, steroids are illegal, but yet performers can take beta blockers, for example, that actually keep them from getting nervous. Where The, the bait really... Can they really? They're yeah. allowed? That's legal? Well, I mean, you know, if, if apparently, I mean, an orchestra, one of the guys was an orchestra violinist and he takes beta blockers because it helps him... He, otherwise, he doesn't get nervous. He's much better at playing. The, the issue is that is a performance-enhancing drug. You could, you could make the argument. Right. And, right, but that's and, like the difference between violins and steroids well, is but, a pretty but, big But it leap. brings into question, but, but, but the, the debate still is they're both performance-enhancing right. drugs. One makes sure. you more muscular because that's what was re required in your particular endeavor. Right. Whereas the other makes, you, makes more you more focused better, and right. you know, your fingers are more relaxed, whatever it might be. It's just an interesting debate. you got to yeah. know where do you draw the line. I say you personal know? freedom is where you draw the line. Well, I think I, you I should be able too. to do whatever you want to do. If you want to take Adderall and write books all day, good for you. Why would I? Give individuals the choice. It's like it's like when Bloomberg in New York, Mayor Bloomberg, made restaurants were were not allowed to um, uh, provide foods that had trans fats. I, I believe I, I don't know if that law went through, but that was the that was the. What exactly the, are trans fats? I think trans fats. Fats acids. with penises. No, I think trans. <laughs> 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 Brian just knocked it out of the park. There it is. <laughs> That's why he's here, folks. I think it's like I think a partially I think a partially Brian hydrogenated uh, oil. Something whatever, whatever it is, it's not good but it's delicious. Right. You know what, man? I want to be said, able to I eat not gonna, good but delicious. Well, sometimes, not only that, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make uh, trans fats illegal, let's go. Let's let's make uh, two things. Let's take white flour and sugar, How which are derailed. Fucking cigarettes, to, to, man. Yeah. Before but, but, they even what, touch where that. Where do you draw the line? That's why. Yeah, white flour and and sugar make some delicious donuts. That's yeah. where you draw the line. Now, if you eat too many of them, you'll get diabetes. So, but give me a break. You know, it, yeah, I mean, I, you're going to make it. You, you can't. You've got to figure out where to draw the line. When you, you make start people with weaker. One, yeah, people should be able to make their own choices based on the information uh, that they can. And nowadays, everybody can get information. I'm always amazed that so many people don't spend more time taking a look at what they put in their bodies. But some people from. worry about like access to children. This is like the big worry. Yeah, yeah, I hear that about adults, but what about my kids? It's I don't want my kids to be a worry. It's never been it's never not been a worry that the answer to that is not to take away adults ability to choose things for themselves hmm. it doesn't make the world a safer place you want to try to make the world a safer place you can let's 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 take one example lower the speed limit to 36 miles an hour it'll save lives i can measure that for you mathematically you want to lower the speed limit to, no be, be, we're gonna we're gonna have it at 55 65 because that's the way life that's the, the pace life moves at and by the way people die at that pace but nobody's gonna slow down because the slow down is ready not worth it 
So you're putting a price on human life, which we do every single day as a society, hmm. and we have to. That's an interesting way to put it. You could spend more money on airlines. You could spend actually more money to really, really triple safeguard planes. You could actually do it. Wouldn't be worth it because price for everybody would go up and you wouldn't be able to fly that way. It's, it's, we, do, we make these decisions subconsciously and consciously every single day. Hmm. My friend Johnny used to say, why don't they put a big parachute at the top of the plane? Right, <laughs> it's like, it's like such a smart idea. thing. That's a great idea. I thought about that. I'm like, God damn it, that's like some genius shit. Right? Why like, don't like, they? Like, Nobody even talks about it. No. I, I like when shit. they find uh, when they when they find that black box. And the guys like, why don't they just make the whole plane out made of out of the same yeah, shit? Right. Just, hey, hey. That was hack in '87. It sure was. Or why don't they at least give you parachutes per, per you know like underneath your seat just in case if yeah. you just last you're ditch fucked anyway, bro? Well, but planes, planes, five hundred miles an hour. You're fucked. They don't fall out of the sky usually most plane crashes happen on takeoff and landing so that's that's so your parachutes are not going to do shit it's not yeah. like you're in the air and the plane what you need is some sort of a adamantanium the shit that wolverine's bones is made out of yeah. right like a, a shield that you put around you on impact wouldn't matter because impact the, the percussion your brain would maybe smash you against your head. maybe you <laughs> or just well, like, my brain would be fine bro or just a huge <laughs> shot of heroin with bubbles and stuff i got padding in my brain maybe you bro whatever joe's getting competitive maybe with you. me he's getting competitive <laughs> with me who can take more impact this is such a stupid conversation I hate this podcast. I, uh, well, last I night that. when I was uh, shrooming and went outside and looking at the stars when you're shrooming is the most fucking amazing thing in the whole entire world. They were just pulsating. You sound like you're riding a dolphin right oh. now, dude. <laughs> the With dolphin. a unicorn He's blowing like him. Any <laughs> dolphin bent over. You la right now I'm riding a dolphin. The unicorn's it, licking it, his asshole. He's amazing. got hay around his asshole and the unicorn's licking it. As I frolic <laughs> through a field. I want to shroom every day. I don't think that's good for you, bro. <laughs> I think that's what happened to the Mayans. That's my latest. I have this bit about the Mayans, about the Mayans. Uh, you know, the reason why they came up with this end of the world shit. See, they were fucking doing mushrooms and like staring at space all day. Like, there's a certain amount of mushrooms you should stop at, and whatever the fuck the Mayans did, because they disappeared. You know, the people, the Mayan people, are still there. That's what's weird. When I went to Chichen Itza, I went and uh, went and went on the tour of the ruins and everything like that. The, there's people there that look like those Mayan sculptures. Oh, wow. There's like people there that have those Mayan features, and they're really tiny people. It's really bizarre. So the Mayans, it's not like they all died off, but whatever the fuck they were doing was so crazy. Mm. That it got to a point with human sacrifices. Yeah, I was going to say, was the whole say thing when, you, when, you're, when you're doing human sacrifice, I'd call that pretty crazy and raiding other villages. And, and it might have been, a lot of it might have been that they were just getting fucked up on mushrooms all the time <laughs> and just going to war on mushrooms. And we know the Vikings went to war on mushrooms. They would well, become and berserkers. The Scots, the Scots they, yeah. they called them berserks, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what mushroom they took. I'm sure someone on Twitter will tell us, but I, I think it was the Amanita muscaria, which is the one that's linked to Siberia and Santa oh, Claus. Really? and. They they would get naked. Reindeer. They would get naked, and they say they'd cry yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, listen, man. If you fucking put yourself on the right mixture, you know, and you got to go to war, you put yourself on some crazy do it. next dimension mixture. Like, you I... know, you have to go to war. Like we think of war as like something to be avoided, but when you're in, you're living in one A.D., it's there's no avoiding it. There's, there's no dudes avoiding. with swords, and they're coming on horses, and, and way, you got to get a spear. And, and, the, the, way, and, and the weird thing yeah. is the way they went, the way they would fight is they <laughs> like the way they would fight. I always think about this. If I was in the Beavis. front line, you want me to charge into all yeah. that 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 all those blades Dude. and just fight like that? It's I, I'd be waiting. I want to be the sniper. 
I want to be the. There was no person. avoiding that. That shit happened. I'd learn the bow and arrow quick. Yeah, but even that, man. Eventually, someone's gonna run up on you and hack your leg off. It's, it's a bad way to die. What a crazy it way to sucks. go to war. Those fucking Braveheart movies. But you know what? Dude? They have two least... armies. They meet across oh, a field and they just man. run at each other. I know. Did but they it... really rock it like that? You know what though? I <laughs> hope not. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> at least they had anesthesia and antibiotics back then, right? Oh, yeah, right. I would have stopped awesome the pinchers. I would have stopped to bend over to tie my sh- my metal shoelaces. Do you know how sucky it was to live? back then oh. you died of things like tetanus diphtheria whooping cough small pox, how about starvation and starvation, animal attacks starvation animal attacks other other like countries coming in and going hey we're gonna kill you and enslave your kids and rape your wife you know what people have forgotten about man wolves there's all this talk like we gotta save the wolf the wolf are amazing majestic creatures yeah wolves used to eat fucking kids man there's a reason why all these little red riding hoods that movie that I saw, yeah. all these things, the, the three little pigs. You, there's a reason why there's wolves in all these yeah. children's stories. Because wolves would fucking eat your kids. Yeah. They're, they're out there, yeah. man. And in they're packs. getting stronger and bigger. Did you hear about the wolf pack in Siberia or in uh, uh, it was somewhere in, uh, in the Soviet Union? But we're forming, so wherever, you know, no. Russia, whatever oh, it's they called found now. Meat. 400. They found meat. Uh, they had found bear DNA in their feces. They were killing bears, right? Well, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about oh. there's this, a pack of super wolves. There was 400 wolves in this Russian town, and they were killing horses. They were ganging up because it got so cold, apparently, that all the, the animals that they prey on died. Wow. So they started breaking into places and, and killing horses. Wow. And there's 400 of them acting as a super pack. First of all, living in Siberia in the wintertime, and, they, and they're like, Ugh, Well, I'm not sure if it's Siberia. It's somewhere, obviously, incredibly cold in Alaska because uh, <clears throat> everything died. Everything froze to death. That's nuts. Not there's been a lot of freezing to death lately, man. In uh, Japan or in Vietnam, seven thousand fucking, uh, I think it was oxen, oxen or whatever, or some wild cow or something, whatever the fuck it was. But seven thousand large animals died. Wow. You know, I mean, with all these these massive die-offs, you know, that that's happening this year. I mean, all of them together. I don't remember. I don't remember any die-offs. Just I a few years ago. I think they've always happened. I think in you nature, think so? Yeah, I think in nature you always have die-offs. And by the way, you also always have um, um, viruses that come in and wipe out. For example, the wild dog of Africa. I mean, that, that dog, you know, a, a lot of from what I've read and seen, I believe they they get one of them gets distemper and then the whole pack dies. You know, they just spread it back and forth. I had a dog that had distemper. It was scary as. Yeah, it's scary. At a rescue dog, he was a Doberman, and he was real sweet. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, man, he just started snapping at me and growling at me. And I was a little kid; I was like eleven. Th- those, do, like, do, you know, one, one of the great things me. we've done as human beings in, in the twentieth century is t- t- really checked most pathogens, most diseases like that. We have we have come up with a, an ability to really make them slim to vanishing in our everyday lives. Who, when was the last time you knew anybody who died of a disease? And if you read any kind of literature, any literature, pick up any book from from even 1948, even, even if you watch plays, there, there was always, a, everybody had dealt with different kinds of plague, whether it was influenza in this, in the worldwide influenza that hit this country very, very hard in the 20s, or uh, um, or polio, which put the countless children, thousands of children, in, in on iron lungs. They died, and then they lost their their ability to, to walk. And the, our own president, I mean, our own president of the United States, got polio and was in a wheelchair. Now think about that. You know, um, when he was governor of New York, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Um, I'm sorry, uh, it was te- um, um, uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Um, was uh, was you know 
uh, I, I think he was governor of New York. Yeah, he was. And, and, but he was basically um, walking and standing, and then he got polio when he was at the height of his power. And, and at the up, height of his power is when he caught it? Yeah. Yeah, then he became president of the United States. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's it's the safest time to live ever. There's never been a time like this. You know, with all the violence that we have, think of the population. The population has dramatically increased. When people say, well, things aren't like they were in the 70s. Motherfucker, do you know how many more people there are than there were in the 70s? In the 70s, there was probably only 3 billion people in the world or something. But we also have, the other thing that's amazing is we've figured out ways to harness food. Like, you know, India, wide swaths of India and Southeast Asia and especially like China went through terrible famines and never had enough to eat. And a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is a memory. Thank it God. seems to me, though, that these things are happening much more frequently. I would like to think that it's just because of our access to information that we have with the Internet and Twitter and all these things. So we find out about disasters, whether it's in Chile, whether it's in China, yeah. whether it's in New Zealand. We find, about we find out time. about them in real time. But I don't buy that, man. I feel like there's more. I mean, I, I guess someone should do the research or maybe someone already has and I just need to find the site. But there's... I think more things are happening now than I can ever remember. But I think, I think... And I'm trying to be objective No, I understand, but I think we all have a tendency as human beings also, number one, to first of all, I don't think there's ever been a time in history when people weren't predicting the end of our race as we know it. And and I'm talking about first century, the first century's Pharisees. I mean, you know, uh, uh, or the Essenes. I mean, in the Bible, that's what they talk about. They were apocryphal, you know. Yeah. And and, uh, uh, that that is so much a part of our nature I think not only to always imagine disaster and prepare for disaster but to predict disaster and and I think that um, the no. one thing that's for sure is that you will always deal with these what they call black swans these sort of aberrations that come out of nowhere and take the whole chessboard and throw it in the air and, and that is as much about the human experience as anything else you, you and, and the, I think that if you always keep in mind that all this can be taken away from you or can change you or can throw your what what your your whole contract that you came to this table with in the, rip it to shreds you well, you'll probably a, this be better is the off. problem no one's read that contract this is the real problem with human beings we all just exist and we don't really think about what the fuck is truly going on until something nutty happens that's right and by the way remember a lot of psychiatrists will tell you that all, all of us come to the table with a contract. Like, we, we, we all make deals with ourselves. We say, if I work really hard, I'm going to get this job. If I work really hard, I'm going to get famous. If I work really hard, I'll, get, I'll, I'll make a lot of money. And a lot of times, life doesn't work that way for a whole myriad of reasons. A lot of times, by the way, it's because people aren't honest with themselves and don't realize what they're actually good at versus what they want to be good at. We see that a lot with acting and all these things, but I think you see it everywhere. And, but, but at the end of the day, most of us... It's really interesting, the social scientists, because they'll say, a lot of times we have a contract, come to the table, and we say, this is what happens. We get older, it doesn't happen. But human beings are also really, really good at creating what they call synthetic happiness. They can, they can, they can assess what they got now versus what they did want, and they realize it didn't work out, and then they'll just start to really love what they like. This social scientist did a really interesting study between people who won the lottery and then people who became... Um, uh, paraplegics and he and he measured their sort of happiness on a, a broad sort of scale uh, a year later and found that they were both in the same place because the people in a wheelchair had done such a good job of embracing their new reality and that just means the lottery really winners are retards that's all that means. well yeah i'm just this saying is, but, that's crazy but, but if you got no if you won the lottery dude you'd be way happier than you'd be if you were in a wheelchair unless you're an idiot well but i'm just saying that's human beings human crazy beings, it's more a comment on the people in the wheelchair yeah who are able to kind what, of what i was you know, saying man when i was saying that 
that the people aren't exactly aware of what's going on. Here's the deal. We live in a society that was collected over the course of hundreds of years of innovation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's created of, off the work of millions of people that you've never met. That's right. And all their combined efforts and discoveries have allowed you to live this really simple and easy life. Right. And that's what we're all doing. And we are all raising children with the same ignorance that we have about what this is all about. In, in this country. In this country and all countries. Well, no one knows what the next st stage of this existence well, but is. Well, I think, I think, for example, if you look at India and you look at China, and especially India, India is becoming a real hotbed of innovation. And those kids work, they, I mean, there's a- They're there's slaves. A, no, they work so I, hard. I call them when my Dell computer doesn't work. <laughs> but they're smart, and a lot of that innovation is coming oh, out of India. I'm sure there is, man. You know, and a well, lot of I'm, I'm sure it is. What I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, no one has earned this life that we live right now. No one that's alive has. It's a co right. collective effort. But as individuals, very few of us are even putting into perspective Normal things like our own mortality, the the mortality of our, of our very climate, the mortality of of the structure and the shape of the continents. I think because in a lot of in a lot of ways we're more comfortable today than we ever have been. Plenty to eat. You can go way course, beyond your yeah. biology. You don't worry about these diseases. You don't even really have to worry about war for the most part. That's right. new in our country. Remember, in in, yeah. in 2011, if you take even 1985, half the world was under communist dictatorships who were who had their missiles pointed directly at our major cities that doesn't exist anymore there really is for all intents and purposes one superpower one military superpower in the world and Russia is no longer a threat think about that we now have NATO most of the Eastern European countries that were our enemies are actually part of NATO now who do you talk about North Korea and Iran uh, maybe significant to an extent but certainly nothing like the threat that the Soviet Union was so I think people you're right I think people for the most part are a lot more relaxed and 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 are feeling a lot more secure everything and is better now people are are smarter now people are nicer now people are more aware and informed now they're more aware of their own mental and fatter. psychological problems we're fatter now yeah. bigger asses now the, the question yeah. the question more becomes porn. the question becomes mm -hmm. what's the balance like how much discomfort do you have to experience to be to be great because i think greatness does come out for to a large extent out of doesn't come out of comfort and luxury. I think it doesn't it comes seem out of like it does, but yeah. sometimes it can just come out of discipline. Well, and there yeah. is struggle in that discipline. If yeah. you can be the type of person that really, you know, you don't have to be living a terrible life That's right. to write good stuff. You know, That's you right. could be living a great life as long as you're disciplined and you really tune yourself into it as you're right. Yeah, you know, what you were talking, I thought, I had a thought, you were talking about how, you know, genetics suck and pretty soon, you know, we're going to be able to kind of choose our genetics. But the question becomes, you know, I think of myself, what like, would so much, well, but the problem with that is that so much, I'm worried that we'd lose our color because so much of what I do and what drives me. You worried we're gonna lose the white color? No, no, white no, 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 color, like color, flavor, flavor. Oh, flavor. Uh, oh spice, okay. spice. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a spice. Nice recovery, so. no, bro. Not, not, not color. I mean, like our flavor, our our okay. uh, identity. Our because 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 so much of what we do, so much of what I do, what drives me is that I'm compensating for my inadequacies or my perceived inadequacies. That, that that's why I worked out. That's why I did martial arts. That's why I wrestled. I felt like I was sort a of, but it's always from the childhood. Well, the, the place that a performer comes from. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah and me too. And, yeah. You know, and everyone we know, everyone we know that's a comic, there's always... But you know, in, what I'm saying is in some ways, God bless a dysfunctional childhood. Yeah, yeah and ways. no, because you are one of a hundred that didn't. Right. You know, there's a hundred like you that smashed on the rocks on the way up to the top of the cliff. You managed to bite through vines with your teeth and get to the top and you took a deep breath and now you're okay. Mm -hmm. But you didn't have to be okay and neither did I. Anyone with a fucked up childhood, like the idea of encouraging a fucked up childhood to create an interesting no, no, child. No. Well, really, I mean, yeah. that's really what you're saying. But, but, but the trick of life, true. isn't the yeah. trick of life, isn't the trick of life to turn to turn that which is bad into something good. Yes, it is the trick, but yeah. some people fail at that trick, yeah. and then we have criminals wandering through the streets that are yeah. dangerous and emotionally human detached. Human beings, it's very easy to destroy yeah. a human being. Very yes, easy. it's not hard at all, it's man. So Just easy. raise them terrible. Yep. You know, I mean, when you know, it's always like some feral child in Russia you hear about raised by dogs, and you're yeah. like, holy fuck. Right. And you just stop and think about it. Like, what the fuck? The kid's been eating dead birds and shit. Well, that's, for the, that's what's interesting dogs. about That's and the thing about Can you imagine getting raised by dogs, but like poodles or oh. something like that? But like, that's, oh, I got That's the thing about what's so weird about contemplating like disaster like the one in Japan any disaster any anything has a ripple effect and and the crazy thing is that that sometimes to, to one person's loss is another person's opportunity it's just that dance that constantly goes back and forth and there's one side something terrible happens and it opens up a whole new world and opportunity for a whole nother group of people you know whether it's a somebody opens a I don't know a, a company that, that provides quake relief and now he's employed 60 people who can feed their kids whatever the case right. it's just this constant dance man mm -hmm. and, and whenever you try to pinpoint or treat life like it's a noun you're, you're in trouble and by the way your relationships are a verb everything mm -hmm. is a verb yeah. everything is always moving everything is in flux everything. yeah you are too you know Absolutely. everything is the whole thing is there's nothing static but that's what everybody looks that's for that's the problem with the contract everybody that's the looks problem for with that, coming to the table with the contract those years they look for that moment where they can stop no man, yeah. I, I think that, I think if you keep growing and you keep yourself, you keep surprising and shocking yourself, and maybe even scaring yourself, which is hard to do. But you, if you, you sound like an actress it, right now doing sure an do. interview for Esquire, I was about to sing a song, dude. You got in the way of my song. <laughs> you guys sound like some new chick in the next blockbuster movie. Would that be embarrassing if I was annoy like, the fuck out of me? I am beautiful. The worst earthquake. You know, everyone's talking about what Gilbert Gottfried said. No one is. No one said dumber shit than what Sharon Stone said Whoa. after the Chinese earthquake. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? No. She said maybe. You know, I'm friends with the Dalai Lama. You know, maybe this earthquake in China is karma because they're of the terrible things they've done for Tibet. Wow. wow, I remember that. Actually. What? Like, you that. think innocent people, thousands Thanks a of lot, them, Sharon. You're an crushed by rocks. All act, all act. You know, and she's a name dropping little twat. I'm friends with the Dalai Lama. Yeah, I'm sure Who he, asked you, I'm Hooker? sure he thinks about you all the yeah, time. Constantly. I'm sure when he's doing his mantras, he's like, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone. Ugh. You know, Sharon, you know the girl oh, from Basic Instinct, etc. No, excuse me, you mean the girl from Above the Law, the <laughs> Steven Seagal debut movie. All actors, including me. Fabulous. Look, the, the fact that we worship actors is the funniest thing in the way. If an yeah. alien came down, they'd be like, wait a minute, you're worshiping these people who are basically good at being emotionally available and pretending? Is, yeah. is that really something that, I, it's, it's a skill, it's it tells a good story. They're What's part of more the story. impressive, that or golf? Golf! Golf! <laughs> golf takes a lifetime. Yeah, but I like movies, and Tiger I Woods probably movies. can't you act. can't fuck golf. 
I love. I don't movies. know, man. I love because I think I think both are equally ridiculous. You know, I've always said that it's one of the funniest things in the world that people like uh, think that a guy's a hero because he hits a ball into a hole in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know what I like about so golf. Silly. But I like you know what I like about any comp, comp, competition like golf or any game is that it requires when you want to win at that game, it requires you to do basically do all that self-examination. Yes. You got to face up to all your your obstacles. You got to deal with your performance anxiety. You know how it is to try to get better. You oh, see listen, fighters who choke. I, That's the point of competition. I probably would love golf. That's why I'm terrified. You of would it. love. But I play you, pool. You yeah. would. Dude, That's don't enough. ever, don't ever pick up a golf. Don't ever take. You'll freak out. I'm not out. going to. I, I, I know I how you are. Never say never. I'm yeah, not going to. I won't Joe, play chess either. This for the same reason. But for those of you guys who don't, who, who I don't, don't know this about Joe Rogan, I, I've always said most of the public actually knows very little about Joe. For example, he can he can draw really well. He's a, a notch below pro pool my player. Pants off right here. He is. Uh. He is. Uh, he but he's he knows more about pool and he's he's actually a really good draftsman. You can draw like really really well. I've said, That's I, what I wanted to do when I was in high school uh, before but, I got into martial arts but i mean but and, and so, so you're, comic book you're a great martial, you're a real you're a, a real martial comics, artist yeah. you'd be a nightmare to fight you you can you can draw really well and you um i'm short balding you're short balding stinky you're hung feet. like a donkey um, my asshole's never clean are you not wearing pants Joe? that's I always so have dirt underneath my fingernails so I do it. but wait i was uh, there was a point i was making and i'm too high to remember damn it um pool playing games oh yes yeah. but the problem is that you're so intense that once you pick something up it's like that game quake when you played for 50 hours and it passed out <laughs> as you were leaving your I, I he drags me to the store and he's getting these handles and I, dude, he's like 30 he's getting he's getting his handles and all these like weird things it's and i was like what are you doing what's all these what are these, what are these grips and stuff he goes it's for quake i'm playing somebody in sweden tomorrow i, w I will crush him and i was like whatever with a thousand yard stare dude have you played connect most, yet dude, you, you have no idea how I, we've talked about this in the podcast way too many times but uh, Quake is too fun Quake is even more involving than pool See, I've I won't allow afraid, myself I've always been Quake. afraid of those games because I'm yeah, they're too good now like Gears of War like we uh, Cliffy B uh, put up uh, Epic Games put up the uh Unreal 3 engine, the new engine. Right. They put up a demo. Fucking A, man. It Is just it doesn't... Cool? It looks real. It looks like a fucking movie, man. It's I, so I, I, good. I do, I do this joke now about about um, how, how we're fighting wars now like that, you know, like with yeah. drones and stuff. Yeah. Guys in Nevada and Florida, think about that. You're killing somebody 5,000 miles away, but it's a video game and you're actually taking life. You, you wonder what that does to you psychologically when you come home and you're eating dinner. But but I was my joke was like, in 20 years, the war hero is not going to be the grizzled guy with the shade head and the scars he's going to be the chubby dude with huge thumb muscles who smells like Doritos and weed <laughs> cool. you know what I mean well but that's the movie right? Starfighter remember the movie where the kid had to get really good at a video game and when he got good at it they yeah. came down and took him to fight in the galaxy that's what it's going to be yeah well these Pakistan drone things are fucking frightening because it's such a gray area too it's like we're not really in Pakistan but we are in the sky above Pakistan but there's no one in the plane and, and you don't so, hear it you just yeah. hear it. when I was in Afghanistan I watched those things taken off all the time i was like look at that thing it's it's not even it's not even manned it just takes off dude hellfire missiles yeah. that's all you need to know what are you doing bro? see this uh cliff eb's epic games uh infinity blade video game okay. Okay. they go through they go through like that hellfire missile i think i believe somebody told me can go through like a foot of steel or something oh. 
Like a just foot of steel. The idea behind it is so crazy that you can just pilot something from halfway across the world in real time and trust it to just, you, pr you pull the trigger. It's, and it's only the beginning. How much of a delay is the lag? There has to be some lag. I don't, well, I don't know. You can actually watch it on the internet. Because that was the, that's a big thing about playing online. When you play online, it's all about your ping. And if you have like one ping or two ping, like you're in the server, you're that, local to the server. Does that matter anymore though? So fuck yeah. Isn't internet like so fast nowadays? What do you mean by ping? What do you mean by ping? What ping is in milliseconds. It absolutely matters. Really? It's, I mean, it's, it's the guy with a like higher ping than you can still beat you, but you definitely have an advantage when you're local. Like, say if this is like, say if we set up a server in my house, right? And I set up a server, and I'm here connected to the machine, but other people have to connect and get the information through the internet. So they're paying. Say if they're down the block, at the lowest they're going to get is maybe a ten. This is back in the day. I don't know if it's changed, but yeah, you know, you get like ten ping if you're lucky. But that's because you're here. But if you're in Sweden or somewhere like that, no doubt about it, you're going to have a slight delay. It okay. might be 150 milliseconds. Right. It might be 200 milliseconds. It won't be a full second. That's unbearable. You can't do that. 250 milliseconds is where it gets squirrely. Like you can't really. Well, what's, what's weird about that is human human um, um, reaction mm -hmm. can get to the point where you can't like you can barely measure it. Like when they do sprinting, you know how with the Olympics, you know when they you know why they shoot the gun? They shoot a gun, but that's for for a sound. That's for effect. They actually, if you're if you're running the hundred like Usain Bolt, and you're you're in a race. They they have that they shoot that sound off behind you. Why? Because it's got to reach all the, the guys at the same time. Oh, if you shoot it wow. like this, the guy at the end is the last to hear about it, and they're so fast off the blocks that they the other guys already already going to win the race. Wow. You didn't hear it in time. Wow. So they 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 found that when they shot back in the day, they'd be shooting it here. The guy closest to the gun all, would always had this advantage, and so now and even when they sh they send that sound off now behind these guys. The problem is the sound dissipates to here, so it starts. You know, you gotta have it. You gotta have it. Have it originate somewhere. How do you get it to all of them at the exact same second? Because they're so fast off the blocks. You're actually giving the guy who hears it first an advantage, and they win. It's like it's like the guy. It's, and check this out. You know the difference between fourth place and first place in the downhill ski event was in uh, in uh, you know whatever it was. It was two planks of an eye. Gang gang. Sit what ready? Gold. Gold? Gold? Nothing. Gold? <laughs> nothing. Whoa. Gold? Nothing. That's fucking nuts. That's why swimmers trim their fingernails. That's Jesus why I mean don't don't Christ. trim their fingers. They they try to keep their fingernails long. Why? To act as like little paddles? No, so that you can touch because it's you're dealing with hundreds of a second. <laughs> What? Yeah. They grow pimp nails. What you try to, you try to. It's all computerized. So the minute you touch that, the minute so you, you just touch. So if you were built it, like Husamar Palhares, you'd be a terrible swimmer because you wouldn't swimmer. be able to have that big reach. Those guys are albatrosses. Yeah. Ugly nails. That's fucking fascinating. So that, that's shit, that's man. how fast human beings. How, okay, let me ask you this: How many of those guys do you think are doping? How many of those guys in Olympic competition? I don't think doing? it's possible to compete in, in a lot of Olympic sports without doping and without doing drugs. Yeah, like cycling. There's no way. Is why do you think all of them? Why do you think all of them get caught? All of them. The biggest. It's the, the biggest joke. I mean, you know. But but but. They're it, going it's after also, Lance Armstrong, bro. I'm sure. They're going after him. This is which is weird. It's like they get him on lying. 
which is a very yeah. strange thing. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, if you're going to put people in jail for lying, how about most of the government? You yeah, know, but you, you, fuck, you can't, you can't, you can't put, sustain a lie. Nobody ever got, went to jail for taking steroids, but people have gone to jail for lying to the government about Listen, <laughs> if they take him, his money away, or if they take, you know, say that, you know, you did some stuff that was against the rules and, you know, you should be fined and we can prove that, that's one thing. But they're going after him to lock him up, man. They're going after him to, to, to set an example and yeah. lock him up for something that everyone's doing. Everyone is doing. Especially in cycling. But, but remember, he wouldn't be arrested for doing steroids. They wouldn't lock him up for that. They would lock him up for committing perjury. Yeah. There's a big difference. Weird, right? That's how they got Al Capone. That's how they get everything. Right? Or no, they got that's, him on tax That's evasion. what the case against Barry Bonds is. The, 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 the case is you perjured yourself on the stand, right? How you weird see? is that? Like, you have to tell us the truth. And if you don't, it's a crime. Well, you don't know. You have the, you know you have the right to take the fifth. Right. But so it's you can say nothing, which is one of the great things about our, you know, our system. You can actually not, you can choose to not incriminate yourself. I, have ref I refuse to speak because I don't want to incriminate myself, and that's all Right, but don't they lock people up when they do that? You can be locked up if you are given, I believe, now I'm not a legal scholarship scholar. I mean, so aren't I they doing careful, that all the time? What I believe you can be locked up is if you have evidence and the government subpoenas that evidence and you refuse to speak. If you say, I'm not telling on my friend, you can go to jail for that. They can put you in jail for that. And they have. They put a journalist in jail because she wouldn't divulge her sources. And I believe that was in the Valerie Plain case. Yeah, that's uh, creepy she, she, shit. Uh, she said, I'm not going to divulge who told me these that this person was a CIA operative or whatever. And she went to jail. And then Scooter Libby, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting all my facts right, but Scooter Libby, it turns out, was pardoned by the president later on, but convicted of um, telling, uh, uh, divulging a, an agent, a U.S. agent's identity to uh, a non-authorized you know, authorized person, uh, which is a crime in this country. It's so bizarre how many different people we have all over the world that are in military bases and you know, that, are, that are government operatives of the United States, that well, we have them positioned all over the world to kind of keep an eye on everybody. We always have, you know, and it comes from the Cold War and it's a dangerous place, but the, the real issue becomes what is, what is the U.S.'s strength has always been not that its power comes from the barrel of a gun. The U.S. has Influence. always been... It's influence, innovation, but mostly it's a beacon of hope where you can come here and if you got the stuff and you got the medal, you might just be a millionaire. That is something that resonates throughout the entire world and always has. I wanted to ask to you this because this you've got some experience in the Middle East. What do you think is happening with all these different places? With, with I, I Saudi think, Arabia, I think, with Egypt, I, I with think it's a beautiful Yemen. thing and it's a human thing. And I'll tell you what I think mostly, most of all. I think that you heard a lot of analysts and professionals and people who follow this stuff and people who are so-called experts. And I used to always hear something. They used to always say this. Democracy is not synonymous with Islam. You'd hear that all the time. And I think what this proves is that democracy, and let me let me define democracy, the, the desire for representative government, let's just take that, the, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, I, just let me pursue whatever it is, those kinds of things, being able to speak my mind, being able to petition my government, being able to say something against my government, being able to, to all the things yeah, that we yeah, take yeah. for granted, those are human rights, and, and they, are not, they are not American rights, they are human rights, and, and this proves that you can say whatever you want about Islam or anything else or any other religion. Human beings want a better life for their children. Human beings would choose to have 
representative government over a dictatorship like Hosni Mubarak or or a dictatorship like the the royal family essentially is in Saudi Arabia. Don't tell me any human being wants to live that way. Of and I find it very inspiring that one man in Tunisia lit himself on fire. You want to talk about a ripple effect. Lit himself on fire because they took away his license. I believe he was selling fruit. And he said enough is enough. He was so desperate and he said, I'm going to make an example. This is my protest. You want, you want to take everything from me? I'll light myself on fire. And, and, I don't and think that, that's a good move. But that was a spark that caused that that that, that said that said we don't have to be Literally. afraid anymore. We don't have to be. We don't have to cringe. And and saying that in these governments like like Egypt and those places where they have where the military and secret police come in and do some pretty yeah. awful things to you, that takes real guts. So I think it's a real. I think this is a um, an incredible time in the sense that the Middle East is changing. It really is changing. It, and it's it really is the internet nation. Of right? course it is. It's it's, all it's, the, you the can't Twitter. keep information yeah. away from people. You can fool the people sometimes. You know, you can fool all the people sometimes. You can fool some of the people some uh, all of the time. You can't fool all the people all the time. Except North Korea. And who maybe. said that? I believe that was Abe Lincoln, right? Did he say that? Yeah. Who knows what the fuck <laughs> Abe really said? Yeah. You, you know, Abe Lincoln was a racist. Well, he was trying to encourage black people to move to South America because they wouldn't get along with white people. It's actually more complicated than that, but I think <laughs> I think he was also the guy who said. It's more complicated than that. Yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. He slept with dudes too. Hey, what? Easy. Slept with dudes. They slept in bed together. Stay warm. Well, listen, no big deal. You got to do what you got to do, man. You live yeah. in a fucking prairie. If a wrestling Pioneer match breaks days. out, somebody's cock flies out of a speedo, then you're going to call me gay? Wasn't Come Abe on. Lincoln a wrestler? He was very strong. He was about 6'4", and he was very, very strong. They said he used to be able to hold an axe, like a, one of those big wood chopping axes, out for like longer than anybody else with his arms straight like that. He was a real wiry, strong dude. Hold Somber guy. axe straight with his arm. What a weird competition that well, is. Well, that back in the day, they did all those weird things, right? Like, you know. Let's see, a hold the hind quarter of a mule up above your head, uh, you know. Yeah, there had to be a first guy back then to try to wrestle a bear, too. I always think about that stuff. Yeah. Who wrote a bull? Who said, I'm going to, hey, you know what? <laughs> Throw a testicle cinch on that bull. I'm going to get up on him and see how long what I can What country stay. does that originate in? Is that an American I tradition? I believe that, well, it probably started in well, Spain. They were like, not going to ride it. I'm just going to kill it with a sword. Right. It's pretty badass. Yeah, you know what bothers me about that, though, man? There's a bunch of other dudes helping out. Uh, well, because there's, because, you know, the Madeira bull, I think it's called the Madeira bull. You, you, Hemingway wrote a book called Death in the Afternoon, and he, he kind of takes he sh brings you through what a what a fighting bull's about. You're not allowed in Spain. You're not, in, and some of you guys are listening to this. I, I just check this out. You're not allowed in Spain to approach a fighting bull on foot. You must approach it on a bicycle, motorcycle, or car. You know why? Why? Because bulls figure out the way you move. And if you if they watch you walking around all the time and running around, when you put them in a, in a, in in the in the ring with uh, the matador, that matador doesn't have a chance because they figured you out. The first time a bull ever sees a human being on two feet by law in Spain is when he's put out there in front of that matador. And Whoa. by the way, by the way, <laughs> they got to rub they got to rub his eyes with pepper to keep him a little bit blind. They got to they got to um they the picadillos come in there and stab him in the back so he can't lift his head. Uh-huh. So he's got these spears in his it's pretty brutal. Yeah. They got to disable that bull before a human being has any shot, any shot of fighting it. Any yeah. shot and they still die. They still die. When they say, when you're a matador in Spain, that's who you are. Forget girls, forget music, forget God everything else. Damn. Your life is about the bull. Fuck. Yeah. Is there a lot of money in being a matador? Um, there's a there's huge glory and money, and you're you're a national hero if you're good. And and by the way, it's probably like the UFC. You start with like you know guys are fighting, you know, kind of with blunt horns, and then you, all the way up to the big show. But <sighs> but um, but you know when they used to pit bulls with bears. 
Yes, yeah. he used to always win. Oh, I would say the, the bull. bull. Yeah, I would yeah. say every time. They're so yeah. strong, They're so man. Strong. There's you. Tigers you, ever, you ever touched one? You ever been on one or yeah. anything? Yeah. Have you ridden a bull? No, but I've, I've touched. Them. I, I've been to Saddle Ranch. <laughs> same thing, sort of. Same totally thing, the same Brian. thing. When we were doing Fear Factor, we made people ride bulls. One day, it was the scariest it's ever been. Uh, any any day of filming, this is one day where I felt like we crossed the line. Dude, I was like, "What are you doing?" Bulls are dangerous. Yeah, they are not. They're oh, like God. they're bulls. They were. This was the, their argument. These are training bulls. They're not as aggressive. I'm like, does that bull know he's a fucking training bull? Right. I, I didn't know you were a bull What's mind reader. Talking where's the Where's about? the bull whisperer? Is he around? I love when people think they know what an animal is. Yeah, I love Jesus when they like, Christ. nah, he's trained. This tiger won't bite you. Well, you were talking about it to me in the um, the kitchen. We were talking about that Grizzly trained bear. bear that tore the, uh, I think it was his trainer's brother or cousin It was or his something. cousin, and it killed him in a couple of seconds. Yeah, it was horrible. Which horrible. is so weird, because that's a 1,500-pound bear, grabbed a hold of him, and <sighs> For shook no him. Reason. For and no reason. And it shook him lazy, in a lazy yeah. way, and the poor guy. Oh, I, I thought guess it was he, pretty aggressive. It yeah, pretty I mean, aggressive. obviously. The guy must have, it's so I don't know scary what it represented to the bear, but it was represented some sort of a threat. Well, apparently, though, he's, he was doing what he was supposed to do, and I guess the guy didn't have his arms up or something, and the bear ended up grabbing onto his neck, and his instinct took over, and he oh, said, oh, I'm going to shake you to death, mm. which is terrible. You're supposed to have your arms up? I don't know. I, I don't. The I, bear's got to stick them up pose? I, my, my bear wrestling, is. I'm a white belt still. I'm still <laughs> so what do you think the fuck is going on with all these mass deaths? There's a, a million fish die in the, the Redondo Beach Harbor. All these animals that have died, birds that are falling from the sky. I think it's you Banksy. Don't, I don't know, but I would, imagine, I would imagine we have a very polluted uh, environment and probably is a combination of all those chemicals in the environment. And chemicals are being made. You know, we're very good at coming up with synthetic material and synthetic chemicals. And what we're probably not as good at and what the FDA could never do is figure out how all these chemicals, when put together, interact or how they what they do to 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 mitoplasma and if that's even i like using big words but like what they do to our bodies uh on prolonged uh, uh, you know when we drink them when we're around them all the time look at your house all these new products that come out that have huge advertising campaigns they're probably very safe in on their own what happens when you mix six of them in the perfect combination what is that doing to your genetics? What's Wi-Fi doing to you? Yeah. yeah. Who knows what the fuck that's doing I think we're, I think we're always... Uh, we know Cell that phones. sonar gets in the way of whales' migra migratory Fucks whales up, things. right? Yeah. So so um, it's, it's always this constant dance of how... You know, in China now, what they're doing, I think is really interesting, is a lot of the architects, when they plan these cities, they're building gardens on the roofs. So you can plant food and grow your own food on the roof of your building. You know, China's so self-sustainable... There's a billion people there. They don't. They don't import food. They make their own food. That's right. Which is which is again very. Which is a very recent development for China. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Do that with a billion people. But when you do that, you got to eat bugs. Well, we're That's getting better. But we're getting better and better at figuring out ways to grow plants. For example, that don't need pesticides. That are that are much higher in protein and different nutrients. Sure, but yeah. then you're getting weird because things there's, are genetically modified. Then Monsanto owns them. a dark side. You know, Monsanto's scary as fuck. What's that? It's the thing when you say it's fine if you want to cross-pollinate two wheat uh, strains, but when you take the, the gene from a jellyfish, put it in a strawberry so that my strawberry doesn't freeze when I'm shipping it across the country, that's a little weird, man. <laughs> or when you're, when you're, you know, 
when all of a sudden my oranges are square because it's easier to pack them. Well, have you seen all the WikiLeaks documents <laughs> leading to uh, genetically modified foods? So they're trying to push it all across the world. They're trying to push it into the countries, and they're they're putting imposing sanctions on countries. Well, what they countries. do also, what what you can you can if you plant one field over here that's genetically modified and cross pollinates, yeah. it flies in the air. Yeah. yeah, and then they sue the, those people, and those people have to either close up their farm or well, it becomes I, a fucking disaster. I, I think I think you know I'm a capitalist and all that, but uh, and I I think that we are. Are paying we have to be very careful with how everything is becoming these conglomerates and how things are becoming so corporate look at radio every time I travel this country you and I both travel this country everything is so homogenous we've 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 paid a price you people want efficiency but why in the world when I go to most cities can I only eat at a at a corporate chain is there a why well, am I surrounded radio? by I'm surrounded by I was gonna say clear yeah. channel I'm surrounded by 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 um by beige walls, whether it's Kmart, there's no continuum. Yeah. There's no like history. Nobody feels connected to anything. Everything around me is everybody's trying to sell me something I don't need, and 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 it's it robs uh, every city of its character. It's like the death of the American city. What happened to Main Street with the mom and pop shops? I want that. Go to I, Ohio. That, that's it's still there. <laughs> But it's but but these cities used to all have it, yeah. and I understand that you progress, have to go to small places to get that. Yeah, when I you're dealing with large volume of people, small places like that become impractical. It's it's an offshoot of globalism. Yeah, and, and and it was as a price we had to pay. We'll probably swing back, but we pay a price what, what for do you efficiency think? and speed. What do you think about all these people that believe that you know? And if you read almost every ancient religion has some story of a great apocalypse or a great uh, catastrophe, and almost every religion has some story about a previous existing society that was advanced mm -hmm. and that was almost wiped off to face the earth you know when you hear shit about all these animals dying and fish dying this sounds like religious scripture how fucking crazy would it be if we all really have been all through this before if, if human beings have literally gotten to the point of where we are now mm -hmm. like this sophisticated if we died off today, how much of this shit would be around in 10,000 years or so? How much would we be able to find and recognize anything that, that isn't steel I think or that isn't I think it's you know, a great. I think it's a great stone. question. I, I do think that, that what the answer may lie in somewhere in the area if I were to answer that question. One, I don't know, but, but I think that there is, there is a um, – Human beings are the, the, are still faced with the same problems as human beings. So whether or not uh, I was living three thousand years ago, the the big questions that one has to wrestle with uh, that, that answer the question of what am I doing here? Who am I really? What am I supposed to do? What does this all mean? Those are questions you can never run from. And so w within that context, I think we'd be still we'd still be trying to answer those questions. We'd still be trying to go beyond our biology. Sure. We'd still be trying to get more pleasure out of than pain. We'd still be able to trying to figure out how to keep our children alive uh, with better food, well, better health care. So, been so looking... I think, uh, for, and, and, but we'd be competing with resources and we'd still have wars. So I think in a way, it makes sense that we'd keep repeating ourselves this is the human experience but what i'm saying is do you think that it's ever gotten to this point before when you know. look at some of the structures that exist that that are unexplained yeah. that are many many thousands of years old especially like the pyramids yeah. You go, I mean, you know, unexplained in the fact that they're not exactly sure how they put that all together. There's a lot of theories, and there's also old dynasty and new dynasty, and there's old kingdom and new kingdom. There's a lot of structures that they believe are far, far older than the, the traditionally thought, like the than, than, uh, Pyramid of Giza or yeah. the, the Great Pyramid of any Well, well I, think, I think what separates, you know, human beings from animals, as far as I know, is that we have imagination and that we seem to be always moving toward uh, the limits of our imagination. Right, but what, what freaks so, me out is there's a bunch of shit. Maybe. that they can't figure out how it all got done. And one of them is dogs. 
You know, dogs are a great mystery. You know, when you when you look into the DNA of dogs, it turns out that all of them descend from wolves. Right. They thought it was going to be a bunch of different wild canids and you know different. And they're all from they're all, all from fucking wolves. Essentially domesticated wolves. So and they, we don't know how the fuck that was done. Thousands well, 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 and thousands know, of years ago. We do know that people have always bred their animals, yeah. whether they're horses or whatever. Sure. Or even farm animals to eat. They've but bred it's them so long ago. You know, to be it goes wolves. back so far yeah. that it literally predates society, yeah. and that's why it's squirrely. Because you're talking about ten thousand, fifteen thousand, maybe even deeper and deeper into the the, the history of breeding dogs. Yeah, and I think the answer maybe also is the fact that there, this this world is way more, uh, much older than our experience. We are probably much older. Human uh, beings right. are Recorded probably much. Recorded history is yeah. one thing, but real human history is another. And but, and you also wonder uh, evolution. I always think about that. It's what's interesting to me is is it, it if if indeed you know there, there's a lot of science that well we we evolved from apes or, or chimps or whatever it might be. Um, it it it's you know people say well we we kind of seem to have stopped evolving physically then if that's the case didn't we? Um, no, we I moved in a different direction. Look, the doubling of the human brain size is the giant the, the right. biggest mystery in the entire fossil record and that's what changed us from this 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 you know beetle eating fucking freak monkey to human beings yeah. and whatever the fuck caused it why who is knows? that I wonder why you know? McKenna believes it was mushrooms you know some people believe it was the throwing arm some people believe it was fish that we started eating fish but that doesn't make sense to me because bears are stupid as fuck and they eat a lot of but fish but it goes beyond that I'm saying why you know chimps have always been chimps right human beings have continued to evolve uh, just as at least an hour well you know in, in that in that we are we do really amazing things you know i joke around about people being from monkeys and chimps but the real lineage is there's a bunch of different primates that evolved next to each other for some reason we evolved in a far more sophisticated way than all the rest of them in in but, the sense that we're always trying to go beyond that which we can measure and we're always contemplating what that which be how do you in, in how would you ever measure for example the fact that a great I don't know Mozart or Bach sonata makes some people feel profoundly sad and overjoyed at the same time why do we even have that stuff yeah it sounds good to our ears but think about the genius of great jazz like Louis Armstrong I hate like, jazz like why in the world would that you guy like all jazz? I'm just saying, I'm, like just like saying I'm, I'm using it I'm using it as an art <laughs> no, form like, okay. like why in the world would we come up with these brass horns and playing sure, yeah. all those things that are, the, are sort of what we stay alive for it's interesting it's, it's like yeah. um, what are we supposed to be doing with that what are we supposed to be doing with the fact that most religions, all religions, talk about well, love each other. That's the most important thing. Love each other, and then, and then, by the way, what do you do with that relationship? Well, you try to make the world better. What do you do when you come together uh, as as social animals? Why? And and what what is what is the point of that? That's the big question that we're always dealing with. That I think it is, seems that there's no point. It seems that the the point is to enjoy it and to be nice to people. That seems to be the point. It, the, yeah. the idea, if if you're temporary, you're a temporary being, and all your descendants are temporary beings. We just keep evolving in a tide of ever changing temporary beings. Then the only point is just be nice. But then why? But then we just be. Then I guess be nice, have fun, ride it out. Let's see what's next. Is there is there anything that we're said, affected though, by in a positive way? Do you think there's anything to be said though about going beyond that in the sense that are we supposed to evolve and continue to understand more and more Us? until we until Our we become lives one are with so something? short it's like it's the same thing we talked about before but the we, human experience what i'm saying is we keep jumping on each other's shoulders what mm -hmm. i'm saying right yeah sure so, so so you know even newton said that he said i'm I've, I've stood on the i stood on the shoulder of giants you guys all talk about me being i invented calculus not bad uh, isaac uh, who said by the way his biggest accomplishment was lifelong celibacy not 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 calculus he was like my biggest accomplishment uh, wasn't 
wasn't that I invented, you know, the concept of gravity and spatial relationships. It's a, that I was celibate my whole life. Wow, he's That's pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, if one chick sucked his dick, it would have ruined everything. Right, right. And, but the, you dude, have to the be father, like the father that. of modern physics, you know, father, modern science. But but he said, but but that's but what I'm I hate saying math is that so much. We've all like we all stand on each other's shoulders. It seems that we are evolving in our understanding of more and more of how even animals think. And of course, you know, yeah, we're certainly evolving. So, so like there must be a point to this evolution. I hope. Well, I always have said that I think that we're probably becoming something through technology, and that human beings are probably just like a caterpillar that becomes a butterfly, but just doesn't know what it's doing while it's doing it. Mm. All our natural instincts towards material materialism and greed and selfishness and you know all these monkey instincts that we have left over perhaps working in a natural order to move us towards this ultimate goal like of some sort of technological with all the technology we're making for example yeah, i mean that's what kurtzwell believes he believes that you know it's going to be some sort of an artificial technology and artificial intelligence that we can download our consciousness into and yeah. that you will exist forever in perpetuity in this you know artificial environment but how does yeah there you go that's a classic what does that example. mean i mean it's the matrix i mean you're talking craziness not only that you're talking about if you can duplicate your consciousness, you can duplicate it in an infinite amount of times. And it will exist not here in this physical space, but it will exist in some sort of cyber world where you will constantly be in like a, a replaying life. Not, not only that. In, in, an infinite number of and them. And not only that, we will ultimately and truly be connected. And yeah. our experience will be we are everybody now. else's experience. We are now. It's just it's in a weird way. And I think the reason why it's set up in a weird way is to encourage competition. You know, the thing that bugs people the most, the things that is losing, you know, the thing, losing anything, losing a person, losing, you know, losing your job, losing, losing, losing in a fight, losing in a, a game. It's frustrating for us. We're designed for competition. Some people so much so that you beat them at pool and they get mad at you. You know, have you ever been around that guy? Yes, you know, I you have. beat him at pool. But, but see, I like to ask the angry. next question though, like losing, defining that really actually, I think in some ways, not, isn't just losing your power. In a way, losing is to be left alone. In a way, to be the sure, loser you're not is special. to be the one. You're not special. It's another form. And losing. people leave you. They yes. leave you. Yes. And, and so I think that's ultimately why people hate losing so much. It's that memory of feeling alone. It's that, but there's also a strong desire for competition among amongst most people. How many comics do you know that when they see someone else get something something big, they actually get upset that's right. that it's not happening to them? I, 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 you're the only successful comic I've ever heard comics not talk bad about. You're the well, that's ridiculous. One. People have talked bad about me. Lots of people. Not have. really. Not comics. Go talk to Mark Barron. No, no, no. You don't hear comics say bad things about you. I've never, and I'm around. And I, well, the point I'm making is that you're right. I mean, for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you're right. People, when, when somebody actually um, does well, if it's a comic, they, they get, they get a lot of times. A lot of yeah, a lot of sometimes times. Sometimes deserved. Sometimes. Well, especially when you're young and scrappy, and you're all coming up in the same order. You know, like you're all like 22, 23, and one of these 22 year old guys gets uh, some radio show where he's the morning DJ guy, and like, oh fuck, you know, he's the morning DJ guy at KTLA now or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, and then all of a sudden, you like dudes feel like. Like that could have been them, sure. you know, and then what they have to understand also, by the way, is that this is not a linear process, right? This, this world is made of a whole bunch of nonlinear luck and mathematics. And well, all you say that because you're a very experienced guy and you've gone through so many things and so many different projects. And so, I mean, you've, you've, you've gone through the tour de force of, of television. Mm -hmm. You did a sketch show in mad TV. You've done family shows on, on, on those Warner brothers networks, yeah. right? Yeah, I've done I mean, you've done it's, fucking it's everything. Cool, yeah. You did sex in the city. Yeah. You know, you've done, uh, Entourage, you did, yeah, you've done crazy. so many different things. You've really had, 
had a broad like view of the whole entertainment scene that mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't get. Yeah. They don't get that I full think you're thing. Right. So when you're young, especially, like all you know is I want to fucking make it. I got to make it. I got to pay my bills. I got to you're fucking freaking out. You're, Shit, he got it. Fuck, why didn't he I get it? I remember that by the way. I remember being terrified I wasn't going to make it. I remember yeah. thinking that's sure. not an option for me. Yeah. Like it it's, wasn't an option not to be working, you know? Well, all of us. I think anybody who actually became a comic, you had to deal with the fact that, man, if I put my eggs in this basket, this shit might ter- turn out terrible. Right. I might just live in rotten eggs That's and terrifying. nothing. It's terrifying. It's completely terrifying. But m- my point is that, like, you know, like in show business, like the, the whole idea of like per- pursuing it and like going after it, it's it, it is absolutely, of course, uncertain. Like it has to be uncertain. It's uncertain because that's the only where where like real that's creative. where adventure yeah. and creativity comes and from. Something it blossoms Absolutely. out of that uncertainty. If you knew it was going to happen and you had it all plotted out, it would be boring as fuck when you got there. It's boring you, for you and it's boring for them. You would have yeah. to do drugs. You'd have yeah. to start doing coke. I think that's why people like when they take a gig for the money, for example, like they they go, well, you're going to give me seven million dollars to do yeah. a, a talk show, a game show. They really, you pay a price for that. Yes. Man. You, you, you got to keep the uncertainty. Dude, I paid a price for Fear Factor, for sure. I, I loved doing that show, and it was a lot of fun, and I loved making all that money, and I'm happy I did it. But, man, there was a lot of days that I didn't want to do that, and I thought, you know, this is hokey, or this is silly, or this is like, God, this is yeah. like, it became a job, which yeah. is nothing wrong with that. We've all, it's a respectable you know, that's way to make a living. That's why I always say, well, don't make fun of whores. We all, we, yeah. We're all whores in some ways. We've all whored before, is what I'm saying. Sure. And, but what, my, my whole point about the whole competition thing, Could about it's like, I think that all it's all set up that way on purpose and then like showbiz competition and you know stand-up comedy competition even martial arts competition like these guys when they start trash talking each other on the internet you know how i look at it when i look at like two fighters are about to trash talk each other i look at it like birds that are squawking at each other mm. like one birds is on the fence and then the other bird like fucking flops its wings and gets close to it it's like this natural thing that they're doing yeah. like they have to do this to in order to motivate them to be great Right. In order to push them all to the next level, you have to feel well, the wasn't jealousy. Well, was Floyd Patterson who said, you know, I always wondered who Ali was talking to, talking to, and he said, I'm the greatest. And then I realized one day he was talking to himself. Wow. Yeah. He said, he said to Floyd, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm scared to death every time I step in that ring. But I, but I get myself worked up. And, and by the time I'm in there, I believe what I'm saying to myself. It's the saddest thing in the world that Muhammad Ali is the way he is now. It's the greatest. You know? And that, you know, it's Parkinson's and he yeah. has trauma related Parkinson's. What's amazing also is that he doesn't hide it from the world. The guy, the guy holds the torch to the Olympics. He just gets yeah. up in front of everybody. Here's me, you know. It's weird listening to Mike Tyson talk these days. Have you heard Mike Tyson talk? Uh, I, I haven't. He's got I a reality noticed, show uh, now. Yeah, and I haven't he got, noticed. He the, got interviewed. What's his reality show on? On Pigeons. But well, he got interviewed at this, uh, there was a Showtime uh, boxing match recently. No, yeah, uh, the uh, pay-per-view match between uh, Miguel Cotto and um, uh, Ricardo Mayorga, and it was a good fight. And they interviewed Tyson. Cotto did. He stopped him in the last round. Um, and they, they talked to Tyson about it. And Tyson, like, you know, it was like he was laboring to talk, mm. you know. And I was listening to it. I was like, wow, maybe he's just tired. Might or maybe they caught. Yeah, he might have been high as yeah, fuck. Yeah. That's true. Because if you catch times, me, I might look like I have brain damage. Yeah, yeah. If Especially if I'm at a fight, you know, and I don't have to do commentary. God, I love going to fights when I don't have to do commentary. Because these guys, when we, whenever we go to the UFC, Brian and Ari and Joey, these guys take pot cookies and get blitzkrieged. So they're sitting last up. Last time, time was acid. acid. 
So they're sitting Dude, up in the in the stands, having the you. fucking time of their life. I gotta life. come with you. Joey Diaz does the commentary, right? Joey Diaz is like in the middle of fights. He'll he'll start just rants and raves about this happening and that happening. Don't get your pineapples, BJ yeah. Penn. <laughs> so especially if somebody gets knocked out or somebody gets submitted, I don't. What the fuck did I tell you, dog? He'll get up and go. But I I don't get to see that anymore. I do, you know. To, from well, the when, when did point. you um uh, you know when did you really truly feel comfortable calling a fight in the UFC? When did it really start to gel? Because it just comes out of you now. Um, you know, the first couple of times I was self-conscious about it. You know, it's weird. You're trying to do a good job, but you don't want to be. There's a lot of ego involved in commentary that's very unpleasant. Like you hear people talking too much about themselves. Yeah, or you what, take yourself what, completely out what of it. What they now. would do. Well, I have to, first of all. I'm completely illegitimate. I mean, I'm a, a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, and I fought in some taekwondo and some kickboxing, but I've never fought any MMA no. fights at all. So I, 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 what am I going to say? I could do better than this. No. You know, I mean, it's silly. I'm, I'm completely objective about it, but I, it took a while for me to be uh, comfortable with like how I should, you know, what what I should talk about and what I shouldn't talk about, and when to talk and when not to talk, and you know, and how to how to like be as respectful as possible, but yet be as objective and analytical as possible about what's happening. Mm. You know, so. You have to w walk a fine line between critiquing fighters and criticizing them or ob uh, obsessing patterns that you see in movement and critiquing behavior and, and training sure. regiments and shit like that. Sure. So it's, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. But I always do it from a place of respect, and I always do it from a place of as, as objective as I'm capable. Yeah, you're very good at doing it. It's that. fun to do. I think, I think Goldie is, is, is a poet. That yeah. dude. It's just amazing. Well, what a lot of people don't know is like they'll say, Goldie, fill. You got to fill here. Got to fill here. They'll say they say that through our headsets. Wow. So Goldie will start just going off about this fucking arena that we're in that was built in 18 fucking 12. <laughs> and, it's like, and he's off the top <laughs> of his head, man. He's amazing. And he just he's does amazing. it perfectly. You know, I've no, never heard that 18, guy 12. Yeah, he's yeah. just... He might have stumbled once in the thousand it's fights. It's like that he we've wrote called. those lines yeah. out, and they're just perfect. Sometimes he doesn't say the 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 correct thing when it comes to like the technique or something like that. But that's okay because I can correct him, and he's just trying to get things going. Like so, he's just trying to. Just have, you know who's you know who is by the way. I don't know if you ever seen. You know who's the best improviser I've ever seen in my life, and a guy who can take a topic and do thirty minutes of stand up on it and do whatever. Who? is Adam Carolla. Oh yeah, Adam Carolla can ramble, bro. That's why he's so good as a podcast, a podcast oh. host. That guy, you give him a subject. Here's the thing, okay? I'm all for you having your coffee, and he'll just like have <laughs> just some fucking off. twenty yeah. minute rant about what's wrong with like you know he did something about twist ties, about twist ties like you know what was like twist ties like how strong are these things and they should be like should cover up the soldiers in Iraq with twist ties. That's what I mean. He just yeah. he's amazing at coming up with just like free form and like entire jokes. I said to him, he got off. I go, I go. We did a movie together, um, and I go, we were on set, and I go, um, you know what? I said, I've decided you're, you're, you might be the best in the world at uh, what you do. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I think you're the best improviser and a best guy I've ever seen at improv. The way you do your improv, I've, I've never, I think you're the best in the world. He goes, oh, I don't know. I go, somebody's got to be the best. So I'm, you're, you're getting the trophy. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> so he goes like this. He goes, so apparently has a podcast next day. He goes, you know, you know, I know I like that guy, Brian Cowan. He's, uh -huh. a, he's a good guy. He told me I might be the best improviser in the world. And I thought, you know, why not? So I got home and I looked at my wife and I was like, hey, how come I don't smell any pot roast? Why is my dick in your mouth, for Christ's sake? I'm the best guy in the world at improv. And he's like, recognize, honey. Brian Cowan said it, so it's true. 
Yeah, he's a guy who's really found success with this whole podcast format. He's also a you great know? guy. Man. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a good guy. He's an interesting dude. He's really into cars, man. He's got the dopest garage, too. man. Is he? Very good boxer. Did you ever box with him? No, but I've heard of guys who fight, like guys, you know, he's, he's actually a ringer. He'll get in a ring. and it, Really? Yeah, it was a real I fight. believe it. He's yeah. good at everything. He's, yeah. uh, he's a great carpenter. He, like, fucking remodels his house and shit, builds additions on he's his a, own. He's a real American. Yeah. He is a real Alec American. Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Brett Favre before he went crazy, and, and, and this guy might be my favorite. Adam Carolla has the dopest garage, man. He's got, like, so like one you. of those garages. Yeah, but... Mine was built for a TV what? show. You got to pee? But Adam Carolla's garage is like, uh, he's got like a fucking Ferrari there, uh, like a classic BMW M3. He's got a Mustang back there. He's got a Lamborghini back there, I think. He's got a, like, you know, like a classic Lamborghini. Yeah. He's just like really fucking into like machines and cars and shit. What's, what's going on with Kevin Smith? What's this talk on Twitter? I don't know. I he said he wanted to get together and do a podcast. And he said uh, we should uh, smoke pot and talk about news radio. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'd love to. I'm in. That's so cool. I met Message him, but when you get and here's the thing with people say, how come you never message me back? Why don't you never message me back? I'm not on Twitter all day. I try to go on and and post things when I have time, and but a lot of times I'm fucking busy. And when you have like I think now I'm up to two hundred and eighty three thousand. Bitch, what am I? Look, just because you don't have that many. Excuse me, two hundred and eighty-three thousand nine hundred eighty-two. So almost two hundred eighty-four thousand. There's no way I can keep up with the replies. There's the, if you don't look at it for an hour, there's seventeen hundred replies. And so what do you do? Do you do you read them all? I can't. I don't have the time. It's well, impossible. Just give me some of those people. Listen, bitch, you, you, you got to earn them. <laughs> that would be cool you, if you could listen. Just give the them the shit my dad says. He's not. He doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> How does that guy get so famous? Wouldn't that be cool though if you could give him like I'll give you fifty thousand people on Twitter. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they'd be getting your goofy ass tweets. Going, <laughs> like, what the fuck, shit, I got man? Traded. I hate cats. What's wrong with this guy? Dude, <laughs> <How did> I... <laughs> this new iPad, by the way, fucking awesome. I I think you'll use it more. Why the, would the, I use it more? Because it has a camera. The camera shit is so badass. Just fucking sitting there doing FaceTimes and shit like that. Or I don't want being able to he see is what a thirteen-year-old girl. I know. I, I, I don't He's want a little people, girl. I don't want people looking at my face when I'm. But I'm you could. We could transplant your brain into a thirteen-year-old lesbian's it's body fun, so easily. It's hot. The camera is badass. You're you're loving it, right? I'm loving it. It's but the other one was good, but I, the, the 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 no camera thing just really made me never want to use it that much. Really? Yeah, because that was it a didn't big bother part me at all, man. I only use it for watching things. I, like when I was getting tattooed, I used it to watch TV shows, right? And uh, I use it to, for reading books. Yeah, I don't, I don't use it for anything else. What? What's that? iPad. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have one. I was gonna get the Airbook because I travel, but do I need an iPad? Nah. What's an airbook? You don't need one. That's the little MacBook. Little tiny oh, airbook. Because I travel, yeah. I'd say light, light. I can just what are you, a pussy, yeah, yeah. bro? I get a 17-incher, and I carry that shit yeah. over my shoulder. Dude, I don't even bother putting the backpack on, dude. I do squats. Stop. I do kettlebells on a regular sun. Step. I remember one time you said to a bus full of fighters, I, I don't remember if it was like, the, back in the UFC, literally when Randy Couture fought uh, Vitor Belfort, it was like back in those days, like 20, you know, we were in Tennessee or Baton Rouge or something. Right. And I remember walking to the venue, remember that? Like yeah. how, how ghetto it was back in the <laughs> yeah. day, like just, and Randy, uh, uh, we were actually, uh, well, anyway, but um, you go, uh, they were talking about training techniques and you were like, I like to get into horse dance and uh, put my balls inside my body and read Nietzsche. <laughs> And I think Emmanuel Stewart was there. Like people, like everybody's like, all these fighters, no sense of humor. They all looked at you like this. They're like, "What's he saying? What are you saying?" Because you weren't really that famous yet. You were doing this radio. Like I like to get in the horse stand, push my balls in my body, and read read Nietzsche. It's, uh, it's a good thing. Everybody's like, 
Is he fucking serious? Because you were kind of squatting. They didn't, they didn't laugh at me at all. But I was I got dying. into a squat position, too. I got into that horse dance. <laughs> I was fucking dying. Yeah, there was no room for humor in those early UFCs. No, man, that was just and I was, I was shit. also the post-fight interviewer. I wasn't a commentator, so no one got to see my sense I, of humor I know. At I remember when, you, when we were with Tank and, and we were all those guys, and you were just like, be, be careful. Don't be a jackass around Tank. I don't yeah, know what dude, he might do. Dude, Tank will implode yeah, your just, skull. Just beat you up. Yeah, just beat your ass. Because, you know, you're like, you know, Brian, don't be, don't be like, hey, Tank. Let me tweak your nose. Bad news. Tank will put you to sleep. We remember. He'll put you to sleep, go to jail like normal. He'll kill you. He'll kill you. He might. It will definitely change the way you look at the world. I remember shaking his hand, and and I've never felt a hand that strong. He was just a brick. How about thinking about dudes? Like, we were talking about how badass Mayhem is. You know, you you, you were fucking around with Mayhem. And I said, well, I want to show you a video of Husamar Paul Harris submitting Mayhem. Just think that someone can do that to a guy as good as Mayhem. As good and as strong as Mayhem. It's crazy. And you see, there's just levels upon levels upon levels. I'm a baboon. That guy's a silverback. That's how it is. You know? I'm a Saluki. Imagine the first dude that fucking stumbled across gorillas, because that did happen, by the way. As far as Western humans, the, you know, as far as white people. That's right. That, that like, that were, they were, gorillas were a myth until, in, like, the 1800s, right? In, in Indonesia, a guy had uh, woke a, a, a male uh, orangutan up. Woke him up, and the thing fle- flipped out and grabbed him by the hair. I got kind of long hair, thick in the knees. Grabbed him by the hair and just yeah, yang, and and and, oh. and scalped him. They took all his just ripped oh. the base of the, and scalped him like ah! he freaked out like blah, 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 pulled his hair off and then and and then ran off into the trees. Oh my oh. god! So he had no scalp. That's right. So what they do? They have to like skin graft You're his fucked. ass onto his head. You're fucked in, in Indonesia. Like I'm not sure, but you know, probably just die of staph infection. Back in the day, I, it's probably just like you know. I think in crazy 80s, thing is gorillas are the biggest, but they they don't even eat meat. They're all vegetarian. That's right. It's called genetics, my friend. I know. Have you ever watched so them? Strange. Go to the San Diego Zoo and watch those gorillas. You can stand right next to them because there's it's plexiglass. Watch them wrestle. All they do when they're little is wrestle. All they do is roll around and they have arm drags, duck unders. I'm not kidding. Really? Headlocks, guillotines. I swear to God, they put you in their guard. I swear. So I'm wow. telling you that that the man who invented jiu-jitsu was, was Helion Gracie. Helion. Well, sort of. Helion. I mean, there was j- the j- I, I, Japanese. I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, of course, of course. But he, he, you know, after he comes, find it. Helion Carlos. I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if one day they were watching gorillas roll. Watch them play. It is. They're so. They're. They are the perfect wrestlers. They're so efficient for wrestling. They're so efficient. It's just so weird that they're so big and that. They they eat plants. Why? Because a silverback is n- not six feet tall, maybe six feet tall, and weighs 600 pounds. Fat free, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no fat on his giant body. Giant fucking monstrous arms. And yeah. But what is all that for? Is it all just to keep things from fucking with it? It must be. I don't know, man. It's just... Because they, they don't really, kill anybody. They don't really, they don't really f- uh, swing through trees. They yeah. Just, and they're not really aggressive. They have little dicks. Yep, and they have little dicks. I have a bigger dick than a 600-pound gorilla. Shazam, son. There you go. So, uh, but think about that, though. 600 pounds. That's, uh, that's a lot of weight. And then, and then there's the polar bear. Yeah. Which would eat a gorilla. Yeah, what the fuck? Do you Which think a polar bear it? could eat a gorilla? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, do I think so? I don't know. They, have they, they ever done they, that? Aren't they 15 to 16 to 1700 pounds? Is that what a polar bear is? Somebody polar bears are pretty goddamn big. Yeah, they stand, they stand 10 feet or higher. They're, they're bigger than a basketball. Go up to a basketball hoop, try to touch the rim, and they're bigger than that when they stand on their, four, uh, on their hind legs. Um, yeah, they take, down, they take down things like elk with their mouths. Uh, yeah. What's the kill them. whales? You ever seen them eat pilot whales through the ice? I, I have no doubt. Do, do polar bears have big penises? 
I don't know. It's a good question. But they'll kick the shit Solid out of the question, gorilla. Brian. Yeah. Solid question. <laughs> good question, Brian. Thank you. Hold that question for a second. We'll put that on the wall. <laughs> yeah, polar bears are scary as fuck if you're in Alaska. If you see one, you better run, bitch, because they'll biggest eat you. Carnivore, biggest, uh, biggest land carnivore. It actively targets human beings and on yes, a regular and basis. They will eat a human being. They oh, will make a yeah. beeline for you. There's a terrifying story that I read once about these guys that were in a boat, and the boat hit an, uh, an iceberg, and the boat started to sink, so they sent out a distress signal, and they climbed off the boat on to an ice shelf. <laughs> you heard the story? Yeah, I know all about there's, it. There's a few researchers. I forget the number, but there was more than three. It's a terrible story. And uh, this polar bear saw them and kept diving off one ice sculpture to the next, getting closer and closer, sizing them up, until finally he was on the one ice sculpture. And they were jumping around. Yeah, they were screaming and yelling. The polar bear didn't give a fuck. He was like, hmm. Make yourself trying, hard to swallow. to eat some of you bitches. And he yeah. came over and he was on the uh, ice ice sculpture of the ice uh, island right next to them jumped in the water got on their side walked calmly up to the first guy he could get a hold of they scrambled everybody stumbled over each other trying to get out of the way grabs a guy kills him right there instantly grabs his limp body jumps off the, the ice ice uh, island into the water swims over to the other one and just starts eating him right in front of them yep. mm. and so he ate that one guy and then help came and help came when the next boat came when the the you know this distress signal was answered by the time they got there this guy was just rib cage popping out of his fucking wow. his jacket yeah i don't want i'm not really eating. interested in dying that way thank you because you're not doing anything that's a bear good luck and a polar bear Polar bears and fucking oceans. But they, you know what they do? They grab you by the neck and they, did, they just shake a couple times, I guess. Sometimes. Sometimes they just start eating you. They start eating you from yeah. the legs up like yeah. that guy from Grizzly Bear. Yeah. Seven minute audio tape. That's a good time. The there go my legs. Oh, those are my feet. Oh, I know. Those they are my feet. release that shit. Those are my calves. Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. That's my femur bone. Just ah, ah my femur bone. Thigh. Ah. Eating. Just taking chunks out of your thigh. Yeah. Ruthlessly. You ever see that, that that YouTube video of the woman got too close to the polar bear's cage? Oh yeah, and it breaks her <laughs> leg. Yep, brought her in. Yeah. Henna, soccer. Yeah, they're mean, man. They're also fast. Well, they have to be. They're living in fucking the frozen north. Sounds what a good. crazy place to live. They're like the cleanup agents of the frozen north. You can't put a baby polar bear or even a smaller polar bear, like an adolescent polar bear, into a cage with a big polar bear. Or it'll guess eat it. what? It'll eat it. Whoa. Yeah, Jack. Females will keep those their their cubs. They'll 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 run away from a male. A male will chase a female and her cubs for two days, trying to eat those cubs. Jesus fucking. So they'll, they'll they'll follow a female running, and keeping her cubs going to get away from a male who sees them and says, "I want to eat your babies. I want to oh, eat your babies." Fuck. So she goes, guys, we got to run. Let's run now. But why is he still chasing us? I'm tired, mommy. Shut up. This is that's the school of hard knocks, by the way. <sighs> yeah, you think? And you know, and they'll eat both fucking cubs too they won't just eat That's one right. and let the other one no. free no he's gonna kill Got that it. one and well, run after an the next one the other one is you know yeah they have to store up they have to store and up mom's fat. not doing a thing she's got to just go ah randy couture uh, asked me to go hunting with him i'm gonna go hunting with randy couture so cool. and we were gonna go bear hunting but i'm like i don't want to eat a bear man yeah, i, I don't want to eat a bear and um it's i couldn't do it anyway i had to cancel some stand-up dates so we're trying to figure out another day to do it but i'm like let's kill something that i can eat black bear or grizzly bear there's a black bear you, you can, can eat you can them. eat black yeah, bear. It's oily meat it tastes right? like shit though right they say it's really good it's oily. really yeah what does that mean oily meat they say it's a very thick that's oh, what i call my dick <laughs> can you yes. imagine going gay oily bear meat. hunting with randy <laughs> gay <laughs> bear hunting <laughs> <laughs> like let's find some bears let's find some <laughs> you find out that that's jean jackets on yeah you got your hunting gear you just end up in like the city you're like what are we doing dude why are we cruising slow? This guy's dressed like Bob Seger. Let's take him down. Dude, why do you smell? Why do you smell like cologne? And why are you wearing eyeliner? And this is so weird. And why am I? 
Why am I sucking your dick? Yeah, right. Randy Couture is the manliest man ever. Yes, he's, he's just all he's, into he's hunting with bows and running through the woods. He was doing the eco challenge when he stopped fighting for a while. You know, Stud. just running through the fucking forest, the, the Pacific Coast. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need a bow and arrow or anything else. He just does it. He just runs. He's a down. bad motherfucker. But he's uh, he's a big hunter. He loves hunting. So he's gonna take me somewhere. We're gonna go. Uh, th- there's a hunting TV show they do it with. Whenever I'm around, I've been around Randy Couture a couple times, and um, and I, I whenever I'm around a guy like that. I always feel a combination of just awe and just uh, I feel a little bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always feel like Jesus. You know, I always say people say, "Why don't you fight MMA?" First of all, because I don't want to, and two, because I'm old. Right. And, and then, and like, and Brandy Couture is five years older than me. Five years. That's yeah, don't nuts. be a pussy, Joe. There has been never been combat athletes into their late forties before. Ever. Never. You never saw ever. that. You never saw a forty-eight year old guy. It's a combination of a lot of things. A lot of it's know? genetics yeah, too, because yeah. the guy's never injured, which is crazy. You know, you you think about all well, these different did, guys that cancel their, their camps. Sports science did a thing where he's able to take the VO, like his VO max is much higher. Like he's able to assimilate oxygen into his muscles much better than than most people. Well, it makes sense. He's a lifelong athlete, and yeah. he was always known, even in the early early days of competing, of just breaking guys' wills. I mean, that's what he did to Vitor Belfort. Doesn't he just imposed tired. his will on Vitor and broke him. Well, that's he one fucked thing I've Vitor noticed. up for a long time. He just he's relentless. He keeps yeah. he'll go for the double leg, then a single leg, then yeah. a, you know, then the, he just and he keeps... beats you up against the cage too. This was this Machida fight. In uh, Toronto is very interesting because uh, he he really firmly believes that Machida is fights on the outside, but you can grab a hold of him, and when you grab a hold of him, Randy thinks he's just going to pin him up against the cage and beat the shit out of him. Randy Couture is fighting. He's fighting Machida, bro. I didn't know that. Meanwhile, he's doing like the Expendables too. He's doing movies. He's a crazy fuck, dude. And then he's trying to get hunting trips in. Come on, let's go kill a bear. You're like, what a whoa, stud. dude. <laughs> what a stud. I'm such a girl. It's good to be around those guys. It's good to know that there's levels of, of manliness out there. Well, it's good to know that's why sports for a young man are very important. Fuck I don't care yeah. what it is because it teaches you how tough you're not. How tough not you're not. Not just how tough yeah. you are, but also how tough you're not. And you need to know both sides. And you sides need to know what other people are willing to go through, the kind of pain that some people are willing to go through. You've got to watch a strength and, a real life strength and conditioning program. You tell me you want to be an MMA fighter? Okay, well, go to the gym with Sean shirk just watch him do that once first of all watch look, him fucking i don't need to because i was 17 and i went to dan gable's intensive wrestling camp with the mm. hawkeyes and i and i remember limping for two weeks i limped yeah wake you up at five in the morning and you run sprints for an hour and then you do live wrestling and i that's what that's why i didn't want to wrestle in college because i went if this is college athletics i don't want to do it yeah and what happened was i'd smell a mat and i'd get my back would start to hurt i got a psychosomatic injury <laughs> all right my body was like don't do that I limped. I, the only time in my life I kept looking at my plane ticket and I was going to fake an injury so I could go home. High school wrestling make and a closed, fucking man out of you. I'll dude, tell you that. They closed that camp down because they, 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 you had to graduate and, mm-hmm. and like a third of the camp would drop out in his intensive. And, and literally they closed it down, I believe, the next year or the year after that. Well, they also much. were really encouraging people to lose a tremendous amount of weight, which was terrifying and really well, fucking terrible for you, your young body. You know, when you're 14, 15 years old, you're in high school and you're coach I and you're already it. lean and they're telling you to lose 10 pounds pounds of of water and dehydrate and you had to wrestle that day too to it's not it. like the ufc i did it too it's awful i did it for taekwondo tournaments too it's terrible it's ter- uh, my friend did it his whole high school career and he he's like really short where everyone else in his family is tall he's five six and everyone else in his family is like six foot six foot two starving yourself yeah he starved himself all through high school through through every fucking season and college because, is worse man yeah you and he went those? to in the off season he went to camps and like he was like really trying to make it as a wrestler boxers don't lose as much weight do they because they gotta no. go 12 
rounds. But you also so have gotta, to take head blows. Right. It's much more dangerous when if you take your head blows. Yeah, that's when people get really, real serious brain damage. Like Gerald uh, McClellan is a perfect mm-hmm. example of that. He's a guy who used to lose a lot of weight to, to, to make his division. I think he was light heavyweight. He used to, he was, to, was a big guy, and he would dehydrate himself really bad and sure. didn't go about it the right way. And I don't know if they used IVs back in those days to rehydrate. Now they're pretty sophisticated about it. They always give guys bags of IV. Like some guys will take six, seven, eight bags. Oh, really? Yeah, they have to rehydrate, and they piss like crazy. And But they they feel much better, much quicker, and sure. they gain a tremendous amount of weight in like 24-hour period. Like there's a guy, Glayson Tebow, fights in the UFC. I don't know how he loses the weight. I don't know what he does. But this motherfucker fights at 155, and he looks like he's like 190. He's fucking huge. Well, it's like, uh, it's like uh, um, what's the guy's name? Um uh, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, he walks perfect. at two fifteen. Yeah, he's two fifteen. I did I a movie with him. He walked he's around. fighting one seventy again. He fought one seventy. When I was I was doing a movie with him in Pittsburgh, and he walked around with these shoulders. I was like, this dude, and he's two. I said, how much do you weigh? He goes two fifteen. I go, how are you going to get down to one seventy? He's like, I'll make it. no problem. Got it down to a science. I was like, all right. I don't know how the fuck his head's they do that it. big. He's, he's enormous. His bones. And yeah, everything. he's a super athlete. That guy is. That's fucking a, that's a guy powerful. when you stand around, you feel like just such a wimp. You just yeah, like, and he's an interesting guy too because he's a wrestler, but he's really been working uh, primarily on his striking. You know, and he's knocking a lot of guys out. That was a big victory for Koscheck when Koscheck beat him. I think a lot of that guy's problem is that he he has uh, he gets really depleted making that 170. I, I think, think so. he'd be better served at 185. I think a lot of guys would. Of course. I think a lot of guys lose too much weight and I think over the long course of a career it's very dangerous Can it's I very unhealthy I, I, I don't know if you're allowed to say but is there going to be a GSP Anderson Silva fight they want to do that but what GSP has to get through Jake Shields which is no fucking cakewalk Jake Shields is dangerous as fuck and he's a winner and his jiu-jitsu is top notch J- yeah, Jake but, Shields can submit anybody sure but the GSP has proved that he is still far and away the he's a bad motherfucker no doubt about it but you can't discount Jake Shields cool. GSP's never fought Jake Shields I'm telling you Jake Shields, look, he might be at GSP, might be able to keep the fight on his feet. And if he does, GSP is more than likely going to like be far better on his feet. He's got way better striking, way better hands, way better kicks than Jake. Jake is just all about closing the distance, getting a hold of you and drag you to the ground. And if he can't do that, yeah, he's in some trouble. He's going to get boxed up. But if he can do that, it becomes very interesting. It becomes very interesting because Jake Shields has competed at the very highest levels of the game in grappling and submitted guys, in fact, in Abu Dhabi that submitted GSP. His level of jiu-jitsu is quite a bit higher. Mm. But, but George is so smart and he's so defensively intelligent. And he's never been submitted in MMA before. No. He's so, he's, well, at least not in he's the also, UFC. He's also punching in yeah. the face. Yeah, it's and the... elbowing you. And he's yeah. strong as fuck and his wrestling's outstanding too. Yeah, they say, I've talked to guys who train with him and they say that he's just he's really really strong he's yeah got superhuman well he's strength. got great strength and he's also like really smart and he, he does things correctly and he's like super driven like i told you we worked on that turning sidekick thing he, he talked to me afterwards like joe i practiced it that thousand time i was on this set they were like this guy's crazy I'm kicking the bag. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to get it. Like, he was, like, obsessed with it. Like, if you show him a technique, he'll he'll go over and go over. And next thing you do it, he'll probably be doing it better than you who taught him. You know what's funny about that is, like, you always you see these people who are great and they do these things and you think it's magic. They just work harder than repetition. everybody else. Obsession and repetition. Yep. And, you know, the same desire that gets you far in life with that can also fuck you up if you get addicted to EverQuest. You know, it's the same sort of obsession could, yeah. you know, can wind you up in a ditch if yeah. it becomes something that's not productive. Like yeah. for me, I have to, and I know you're probably the same way. I have to manage my addictions. I have to like be real careful. And as, keep an I'm eye on. I'm not as uh, um, intense as you are that way. You, you've always been really, really 
obsessive. Well, it's a problem. It's like it's 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 not even a discipline. It's more of an obsession. I'm disciplined, kinda. I mean, I get things done. I'm disciplined, but what I really am is driven. Yeah, there's a big driven. difference. If I find something out, like I'm not good at doing things I don't want to do. You know, like I'm not yeah. good at taking out the garbage. I'm, I'm not terrible. good at remembering to do errands. Things that I'm supposed to do, I'm not good at. But if there's something I'm excited about, if there's something that's uh, that's I'm uh, motivated about, then I become obsessed with it, and then I become driven mm. to to get good at whatever the fuck this thing is. So it's not even like a discipline thing it's almost like it's fun. i just know how to turn on the crazy yeah. switch yeah you yeah know? you do you're you're really really good but it, at that but you got to manage that shit man there's a lot of people that don't they get into gambling and then they become fucking crazy with blackjack or poker I, I've, always, or, I've always been really grateful that i didn't have the kind of wiring that was predisposed to the kind of n- the, the negative obsessions like that like well you're self-deprecating abuse. enough to the point where you don't have to constantly be the best guy in the room you know no, you, yeah. you don't you can have a good time no matter what no i've with always some enjoyed guys, I've always enjoyed my friends' successes. I've always thought, yeah. I've always found it more inspiring than threatening. I never, I just think it's like intelligence. It's like trying to compartmentalize anything, you know. Well, that's why you're a healthy dude, too. Well, that's why you're but, but a fun it's, but, but it's like, but, I, but, it, but it's like courage. You know, some people say, well, I'm a coward. Well, you're a coward. Maybe you wouldn't get up on stage and do stand-up, but you'd fight six guys in a bar. And intelligence or talent, it's all the same stuff. You're good at, you know, some people, you just have to find what you're good find at. Find your shit. What's your role? It might be to support right. talented people. Mm-hmm. It might be to be the one on stage. It might be the one who comes up with the microphone that you, that you use. Right. That, there's you know. club owners. There's managers. There's agents. There's there's comics, there's if you have writers, children, I think there's... your job is to try to nudge that child in the direction of what he's supposed to do anyway. Yeah. Whatever his primal impulses are, you know. And are you contemplate. I mean, you you have kids now. Are you uh, actively thinking about that? Are your your daughter's the same well, age I'm, as my daughter? Yeah. And what I try to do with my daughter is provide two things. One is love, unconditional love, so she's not messed up. But I also believe that a large part of my job is to stand out of the way, not to be a suppressive, overwhelming personality for her. Yeah. I don't want to be too much of an influence. And the reason I don't want is I want her to ultimately, I think a great deal comes from having to be independent and also feeling in free enough and not ashamed of whatever it is you are. Right. And so much of my childhood, and it's not nobody's fault, but so much of my childhood is when I think back on it, even my young adult eight years, is full full of kind of what I would describe as shame. I mean, described certainly as confusion, but also shame. Just also, God, I feel so different than most people. I, I'm, a, I'm a fuck up and I got to get my shit together. Well, no, I didn't. I actually had to just go deeper into that. And so, you know. Well, to be a performer, yes. But if yeah. you were a car salesman... Yeah, you would have had a problem. Sure, but but I'm saying, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we we're, we're lucky that this avenue exists. Absolutely. And I'm just saying you got to find whatever your avenue is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people say, well, everybody has a path. I don't know about that. But I, but your job as a young adult or as a child is to try Maybe to everybody could have a path. It's mm. not that everybody does. Maybe that everybody could. Yeah, but you also, you said something really profound I've been thinking about a lot lately that I thought was really cool. You said, it's one thing to be really accomplished and you've accomplished things and, you know, you, we can go through all the stuff. But but the, the one thing you said that you're the most proud of is accomplishing your peace of mind. And that is a very separate separate endeavor yeah. from from trying to make money and trying to make a name for yourself trying to be significant trying to be original but but actually getting to a point where you have peace of mind i think is 
equally as important as any it's more important than anything it is i'm i'm happier now than i've ever been at any point in my life and i'm also nicer to people now than at any point ever in my own life and more conscious about like biological maintenance making sure i work out on a regular basis making sure i'm healthy all those things together with my like yeah you, my, you've figured genuinely out a way. changed in some ways your personality in a way i mean you've, you've changed you've you've actually made fundamental changes in how you relate to other human beings i've seen that in you a lot of that is uh, psychedelics and uh and the tank the tank whatever is it is impact. it's a combination you did the things. tank recently yeah it was awesome tell me about this uh, I, we'll I, end with this because we've been talking for a long time but tell me I, tell me what your experience was like i uh i got into the to the salt water and uh it was really dark and um I just By the found, way, for people who don't know, this is a sensory deprivation tank we're talking about. Yeah, and I thought two things. I thought one is I was going to go restless, and I thought the other thing, I was going to get cold. And then I thought I was going to sink and all that. And in fact, um, I started to just focus on my breath and sort of, it was very easy for me to kind of disappear for real. Yeah. And um, I think I stayed in there for two hours, but I could have <sighs> stayed in there way longer. Yeah. Way longer. People say, you know, you know, you, he said, I think the guy said, I, you know, 15 minutes and, you know, you might be in there for an hour, but it might be hard for me. I, I could have, I could have just stayed in there. It's an amazing hour. environment, isn't it? Yeah. You need to get one of those. I think, we all, I think we all need that. Well, you live uh, in the area, so you can go, yeah. you can go to that place all the time. But man, having one in your house is this shit. How it's, often do you change that water? You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. It's only me that goes in it and it's 800 pounds of salt. Nothing can live in there. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's so like dead dense. Sea. Yeah, it is. It's just like that. It's the most valuable program ever or the valuable tool ever for reprogramming your mind, for looking at yourself in a, in a truly objective way and to be tethered untethered rather from your life untethered from your your personal experiences and able to look at them literally when you're inside that tank it feels like you're not there it feels like your time has essentially stopped you're not getting any input it might be going on without you all rambling free in the world but in your life your your life is all about how you relate to everything that you see in your environment so having a chance to be out of your environment the only opportunity that you have in the world that's the only environment on the planet like that where you can go and separate yourself literally from your life so watch yourself yeah you know? if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about a sensory deprivation tank which was created by a psychedelic pioneer from the 50s named John Lilly who was this uh, brilliant scientist who was incredibly eccentric and one of the things he wanted to figure out was how to detach himself from his physical inputs uh, in, in inputs of sound and feeling and and seeing things and how to figure out how to get the mind literally away from any input of the body he realized that life is very distracting and that you know, conversations that you're having, if there's a bus driving by right next to you, it's hard to have that conversation. The bus is distracting. Things, input is distracting. And when you are in the tank, you are literally dealing with no input. You have no hearing because your, your ears are underwater and it's a big heavy door that's shut and it's pretty soundproof. You have no seeing because you're in total blackness, you total complete darkness. You don't feel anything because the water is the same temperature as your skin and the water has 800 pounds of salt in it, so you're completely buoyant. And it's the most amazing environment, man. It goes into that really. That was that. That I think. Therefore, I am right. Uh, um, Descartes. Yeah. So, but but that's always been disputed in the sense that because you can imagine it, doesn't mean indeed that it's that it's actually there. Well, then or, comes the question: or is, it does, or what it does. is the imagination? This is the real question: is what is the imagination? And are thoughts really non-local? And all you real are you really just a biological antenna that like 
picks up entropy in the air, that picks up creativity and ideas and things. And these are these are literally like woven into the fabric well, you of know time what, all around us. You know what that great mathematician who won the Fields Medal said, right? He refused the Fields Medal, which is a million dollar prize, I believe, and it's like uh, the Nobel Prize for Mathematics. They couldn't find him. Found him in Siberia a le- year later, and he goes, why are you giving me the prize? You should be giving the equation a prize. I just, am, I just have antenna. I'm wired a certain way. And I was able to channel the answer. I think it was a 350-page answer. They've been looking at they they even the even the problem had been conjectured in like 1806, and they were trying to they, they, the the actual problem. And then he came up with the answer, and all these mathematicians were like this guy actually figured it out after 300 years, and he's just incredible brilliant. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but, but what you're, you're what are you you're giving the prize to the to the radio? You should be giving it to yeah. the music. They all say that. Every artist says that. Every yeah. great writer says that. They tune into the muse. I love. You know, it's it's a. It's That's a, what makes me believe in any kind of God or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, a, a higher benevolent force of some kind, or at least something of beauty. I don't know. Yeah. What What was my point? What, that 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 we we what is imagination? What oh, is well, yeah. Thank you. This is the my point was, the idea of imagination is very strange because you have this idea, you have this this thing that comes in your mind. Wait a minute, if I do this and combine it with that, holy shit! I just reinvent. I just made a new invention. This is gonna be. This is gonna revolutionize. What you've done is with this thing in the ether, you have pulled it out of that, and now it manifests itself in a physical form and alters human life. It's it, it changes. life life like the, all the things that people have invented they had to initially think up whether it's the car or whether it's computers or this had to be a thought in someone's mind a creative idea or a conglomeration of other ideas that have pre- existed before that's a, a combinatory thing and they combine it and make some new creative thing but whatever the imagination is it eventually manifests itself as an actual thing right. so you but we don't look at that for some way, reason or other it's way, frivolous imagination is also way more important than what you consider intelligence or amassing information. Imagination is what moves history forward. It Gutenberg innovation, he, yeah. Well, Gutenberg when he came up with the printing press, uh, uh, even Freud when he came up with the concept that you could figure out how the human mind works. Einstein's theory of relativity, Newton's uh, you know calculus. These guys who were these seminal thinkers who came up with with even Karl Marx for that matter. I'm not a communist, but these guys who came up with these sort of seminal concepts of you know how to restructure our society, how to restructure our biology, how to restructure our minds, how to look at our minds. All those things from the imagination. all came from imagination, and it and it and it and we leapt forward. In some ways, not in a good way. In some ways, we came up with the atomic bomb. Well, yeah, I mean, I but, split the atom. But but, but, I mean, but it's all the same thing, right? It's all people, in, you know, whatever uh, b- branch of study that they they choose to pursue, you know, they 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 create things. That's right. You know, and it becomes an actual physical thing. Well, what is the imagination that's making that happen? Is it like a life form? And what's it, the point? Yes. And also, what's the point? Is it the Which diagram, back, the, the the map of the universe that we're supposed to follow? We brought this podcast full circle because we, we started bitches. with that question and we end there with that no question. Point. Who knows? Better to have imagination, kids. This is, this is our message, folks. Just be fucking nice to people. If we all were cool, if everybody was like the people in this room right now, if the whole world was made up of us and we just ran into us everywhere, I mean, I'm not, that's so eager egocentric and ridiculous to say but the mindset of what i'm talking about just be cool to people just be nice you know what the problem is sometimes competition is the problem it's not only that sometimes somebody has an idea that they think is better for you Mm -hmm. so example the board of the board certain people in kansas say let's start teaching intelligent design and not evolution and we're going to teach your child that because it's better for his soul and all of a sudden you go wait a minute you're trying to be nice to me but i don't want that kind of nice yeah that's the wrong kind of nice that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about people not fucking with other people don't try to control other people worry about yourself there's just so many of us
there's so many of us, it's hard to get this all across. But I firmly believe that we right now are more advanced, more in tune, more tuned in than any other generation that's ever been before. And a lot of it is because of stuff like this. A lot of it is because of the podcasts, internet, things you can read, the, the access to information, all these things. We're, we're communicating in a way with Twitter and with Facebook that no one's ever done before. I think we're connected the way we've never been before. Yeah. In real time. Yeah. This, these things that we are, we're all pushing together, it's a, it's a fascinating time. And I think human beings culturally are evolving at, a, at, a, at an incredible race, mm. at an incredible pace, rather. Exponential I think in a yeah. way. Yeah, technology certainly is. So you, yeah. It's, that's the, the nuttiest thing about all this 2012 nonsense is, is fuck, everything's pointing towards that being real everything's pointing towards all these fucking events happening and people changing and technology accelerated at an incredible pace and we talked about earlier about the center of every galaxy being a black hole and we were talking about that well that's what they're trying to do at the large hadron collider they're making black holes so if the center of every galaxy is a black hole and inside that black hole is a universe and then they're making universes yeah, I don't think that's, that's a what they're idea. doing like what the somebody fuck? put the brakes on that we are butterflies and we are on our way to being the next thing you know, there was a caterpillar that became a butterfly, and that is the human being. If you want, the, if you want an actually great lecture on that, it's called Homo Evolutus, and it's by Juan Enriquez. And go to TED.com, and Juan Enriquez will take you through a lecture called Homo Evolutus, and he talks about how we're coming out with, for example, eyes well that that right now can see shadow and light, but they're going to pretty much soon be able to see underwater and in the dark for a mile away, and eventually ears that can hear a mile away, clothes. all that yeah. stuff, and we're going to become we're going to start to become machine part machine as we come up with biocompatible. Way faster than we're going to ever evolve into the whatever else we're supposed to biologically. I know people already that have artificial hips. I, I know like, a couple I people. I need one, dude. My hip and starts lips. clicking now. Your hips are fucked up? My hip on this side really hurts sometimes when I move the wrong way. Try being a top every now and then. Hey, oh. now. Brian Callen, you're the greatest. Thank you very much for being on the podcast again. Yeah, Always the most fascinating, intriguing, in-depth conversations, head-spinning shit. I'm going to have to go back and review it because there was a lot of stuff that we talked about that I'm like, wow, I really need to consider this. And I apologize for any uh, inaccuracies. It is the <laughs> We just start talking. We just start... Always, always an honor, always a pleasure. Please, you're Joe the best, Rogan, man. Brian. And people can follow Brian on, on uh, Twitter. It's B-R-Y-A-N-C-A-L-L-E-N. Follow him on Twitter and follow Red Band, please, oh, and, and by the way, And by the way, I'm doing uh, the Palms, uh, uh, I'm doing the Palms stand-up this weekend. Oh, this Thursday, weekend in Friday, Vegas. Saturday in Vegas. It's some, seriously, he's one of the funniest, most unique human beings on the planet. He's responsible for three, one of the three funniest things I've ever seen in my life, the the, the gay jujitsu sketch that you did in a hotel room in Vegas. Between that and Joey Diaz showing his balls and Duncan Trussell's new video. Duncan Trussell's it's new so video. It's so good, isn't it? It's so good. I haven't so seen good. it. It's, well, it's Duncan and his girlfriend, Natasha. The, no one's seen it yet. Yeah, you can only watch it on his computer. It. Yeah. it hasn't been released yet. When it does get released, so I made a video on my iPhone talking about how great it is. Like, you people are going to freak. It's going to get like a million hits in the first yeah, week. It's, it's fucking great. fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's just, this is his his thing. His is his greatest accomplishment. It's, yeah, it's pretty genius. Good. It's Duncan in a nutshell and Natasha in a nutshell together. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, this weekend, Gotham sold out. Next weekend, there's a few tickets left for the Moore Theater in Seattle, but that's going fast too. And, and then we're in Portland the week after that at uh, Helium in Portland. Um, it's all on JoeRogan.net. And um, this Wednesday, we are at Sal's Comedy Hole. Got some funny fucking people on there, Who's too. On? Who's uh, on? We've got Steve Renazizi, Freddie oh, Lockhart, Doug oh, Benson, and Brett Ernst. Yeah, it's a good lineup, ladies and gentlemen. So you don't want to miss that shit. And Sal's Comedy Hole is only like 
80 or 90 people and we do it pretty much every Wednesday every Wednesday that I'm in town we fuck around we come up with new material we have fun we you know it's a it's a great environment like, you're gonna see a lot of cool comics it's there. like a VIP show right now like yeah. these 80 people are getting a crazy show yeah I mean Sarah Silverman did it last week yeah. Doug Benson Eliza you know, Schlesinger Eliza Schlesinger yeah. you know we always have like top notch guys come down and fuck around and it's like a really good environment it's a really fun place you doing anything Wednesday? Um, Brian Callen's on the Brian show, ladies Callen's and gentlemen. No, I'll, right. be, I'll actually be in. Uh, I have to do Brea at eight o'clock. Oh fuck! What, what, what time, time will you be done? What time? What time's your set? Are you closing? You closing? Yeah, I think I'm closing. Oh, okay, you won't be done in time. All yeah, right, yeah. yeah, we start at nine. Right? Well, any eight. Wednesday we do it every Wednesday. Eight. We start yeah, at eight, eight o'clock. Eight. All right, eight p.m. South Comedy Hill. I didn't know you um, did that. I want to come. Yeah, you're coming. You're coming. Yeah. It's the greatest. It's the new hangout. It's the new greatest place to fuck around for stand up. Yeah. Everyone super supportive. Everyone that works there cool as fuck. Sal is an ace. He's just a super warm, oh, I love friendly, the comedy happy Sal's guy. Comedy yeah, yeah. Sal. Oh, that's he's got a new boy. place. It's on. It's on. It's on Melrose now. Oh, great! I'd love to promote. It's a real small place. VIP part or VIP service now. Now, or uh, that valet service now starting this Wednesday. Really? Yeah, so because the parking was a little weird. Give some there. foreign dude your keys and yeah. make sure he doesn't steal your weed. Yeah. I'm all, all right. Yeah. Listen, bitches, you know we love you, and uh, we will see you tomorrow with Joey Coco Diaz, none other than the other one of the other funniest human beings. Funny experiences. You know what the fuck I'm talking about, bitches. All right, love you guys. Winning. Yeah.